Fucking unbelievable! At least Seriously. I didn't do it this time. Do I say we don't have intro? shit. We don't have shit. So shut up. Start playing the music, and then Jeremy goes, "Okay." It's <laughs> <laughs> just like me. Seriously, unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> we, we could record the intro, but this is the new See, Utah look, podcast. Now you're fucking coming in loud. Jesus, calm down over there. And we don't. Yeah, Jesus, calm down. <laughs> yeah, this is our co-host Jesus, otherwise known as Jeremy the Urban Farmer. Thank you, my child. Uh, this, yeah, this is the new Utah podcast. <laughs> if you're listening to this and somehow magically didn't know you were listening to the new Utah podcast because you didn't search for us by name, you didn't click on the icon on your phone or your computer or whatever fucking thing you Why listen you on. About it? I'm just saying, if you, I, I just don't understand why we have to announce it's the new Utah podcast every time. It yes. says it all. If you get to this to listen to it, you know what you're listening to. You may not know what you're in for, but you know what you're listening <laughs> to. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you're going to be in for me bitching about announcing the show. Uh, I am Chris. That is not you're necessarily grumpy. on the on the, the site. I've had a stressful fucking couple of months. You have. Uh, so my name is Chris. Uh, <laughs> I'm the... Uh, token asshole on the podcast uh i also try you're to, not the token asshole you are the asshole i do try to drive the car but you are peter's favorite canadian so <laughs> <laughs> he's my favorite irish fucking white trash irishman <laughs> white trash irishman <laughs> um and so <laughs> i don't remember who i was talking to the other day or maybe it was a, a show i was watching um <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. I don't know if I was talking to somebody or watching <laughs> something. It, it, it all melds together at some point. But someone said, uh, you know, it's the it's the saying, uh, if if uh, one person around you is an asshole, they're an asshole. But if fifteen people around you are assholes, then you're probably the asshole. <laughs> and that got me thinking. Like, I think everyone's a shitty fucking driver on the roads. Like, I yell at everyone in my car about how shitty of a driver they are. Maybe it's me. <laughs> Maybe I'm the shitty driver. So I am, are. I am the shitty driver of this podcast, uh, <laughs> and and with me for some fucking reason they jump in the car every week. I'm in the back seat uh, for sure, the, maybe even the trunk. Jess is in the back seat with yeah. her eyes closed, screaming. Oh. She doesn't scream; she just sits there, and then she's like, "Okay, uh, this is coming up, and this is coming up, and then I'm just gonna stop talking now." Turn here, turn here. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, so she's definitely the navigator. Uh, she's like the the GPS unit in the car. <laughs> the one that no one uses, just the you know, you use your phone now. Hey Jess, the, nice unit. Hey, by the way, why uses. why do cars come with GPS units now? Like, why is that a feature in a lot of high end cars? Like, who doesn't know. fucking use their phone as a GPS? I don't know. Are, Anyone are in the here? ones in cars like stronger? Well, no, because they're they're also on a screen. So you're like, if you don't have a cradle or something for your phone, that map. Who looks at their readily... goddamn phone? It tells you the directions out loud. It says them out loud. You in were really asking this right. about people. Sure. But, <laughs> but see, again, I got to think I'm the, the Well, so you, you got the GPS so that you can text while you're driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> multi-function. <laughs> multi, multi, uh, multi-task. Uh, so that's that's Jeremy with the, the sweet suggestion. I'm Jesus. Uh, his crops are dead. His chickens are alive. And there are no more bees. 
That's right. That sums it up. Yeah. Two thirds of your life. Oh wait, wait, wait. Is dead? You do have a new. You do have a new animal, though. You have a new poochie pooch. So I don't know. Have we talked about him yet? I don't think we've talked about him yet. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. So you got a new dog. Pisses on everything. Was supposed to be in potty train, but yeah. So we were just discussing that. So so we were looking for a friend for Ebo. Uh, and so we saw an ad in, in KSL for a, it, well, here's the funny part. It said that it was a Datsun. So we go to take a look at it. We show up. The house is completely empty, except for the poor dog, who's completely emaciated. You can see all of his ribs. and The poor thing looks horrible. Uh, and the people are like, uh, yeah, we, we're, we're in the process of moving. And so if we don't find a home for him by Saturday, he's just going to have to go to the pound. So, like, we're going to say, eh, just let your dog die, we'll leave. So, no, of course, we took Rocky, um, who is a Dotson and Chihuahua mix. We a Chihuahua. A Chihuahua, we believe. So, however, they also told us he had all of his shots, and then he was crate trained. That's all a lie. None of which was true. Of course, if you leave a dog by itself in a house for two weeks, it's going to shit and piss on anything it wants. Everything. And then it's going to break any of its training for a yeah. while. So, so it's, a, it's a, a weird combination of, I'm not sure how much of all of that plays in, but... I've got him on a very rigorous crate training program uh, right now. Do you have a second chain out back so uh, he doesn't eat chickens? Well, no, but he's half the size of Ebo. Doesn't fucking matter, dude. Ebo is going to teach him how to how kill, to kill chickens. chickens. Maybe the chickens... They're like if, having a power but on here's the backyard. Thing, like, I, I, I'm actually <laughs> curious. If you let all the chickens out with both dogs, if the chickens would 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 uh, attack them. If you let all the chickens out, I think they would. It's it's when it's one single chicken, they're no good. But as a group, but with even dogs, when they're all out, Ebo won't mess with them when they're all out. But with two dogs? Yeah, well. You could try it. Maybe. It's no. like Fight Club. Well, that's not. Fight Club. I'd pay you 10 bucks just <laughs> no, to see what's going on. Can dead you Facebook Live this, please? Dead. If, one chicken, dead if one chicken dies, it's fine. And if they go after the dogs, we'll separate them. <laughs> Will, are you are you volunteering? I just said I would did. pay to watch he said it. He would pay to watch. Yeah, to watch, That's, not to. Participate. No, I would help. I would separate them if I needed to. If I felt <laughs> the dogs' lives were in danger, the, the chickens, I don't fucking care about them. Well, so, well, now, now that the rooster's gone, you got a good point. The rooster, he, he was directed mean. traffic. Fuck the chickens. He'd have taken the dog on any yeah. day. But I remember, I, I just the funniest shit ever when he fucking attacked Josh that day. That was funny. Josh was so freaked out by it. It's our bar- one of our barbecues last summer, and we had the corn. And so I said, go give your corn to the chickens. And, of course, Josh walks over there, throws it. And it lands There's on a top, top on the, the chicken coop. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't see So it just hits the top and sits there. So he decides he's going to so, go in the well, chicken and I coop. T- I told him, why don't you just go in there and knock it off the top and throw it back on the ground? So he opens the door, and the fucking rooster just comes right at him. <laughs> well, at fir- first, I threw mine in, and, I, and I'm, he's like. The rooster is dead now, too. Yeah. And he's like, that, that one right there. <laughs> That one's gonna get the get most of the corn. I'm like, no, he's not. That's a fucking rooster. He's tiny. They're gonna chuck his ass. And su- sure enough, like rooster goes in for the corn when we throw the cob in, and you see all of a sudden this bird fly out of the pack of chickens, and it's the rooster getting tossed by yeah. the other chickens out of the out of the group. When it comes, when it came to food, he was bottom of the totem pole. Uh, it's because he was also smaller and uglier than all the other chickens. He was, but he raped those chickens every day. Oh, gosh. He tried to well, and then <laughs> so then Josh goes in there, and that rooster, Mister Fluffy Pants, was having none of it. He was having none of it. He that. was all puffed up and on his back, legs, wings extended, like trying to peck the shit out of Josh's <laughs> leg. And Josh is like freaking out. I'm like, dude, it's just a fucking chicken. Like, push it back in the kennel. It's not that. Eat it. <laughs> no, they they are laying chickens are not good. For it eating. was funny. So now the point is, now that he's gone, he was their protection agency. 
Uh, I don't know. It would be interesting to see what happens. However, um, Rocky's half the size of Ebo, so he weighs... Well, he's smaller than uh, Chopper. For now. Chopper's pretty big. How, how small is he? How much does he weigh? It can't be more than eight pounds. Okay, so he's a... Chopper's like under 10. I think... I thought Chopper was like 12 last time we weighed him. Nope. Are you positive? Yep, under 10. Hey, where's Bray sitting in the car? What? Oh, we're back to, to the car. Jeremy. Have you I'm guys always stopped at Jeremy? Guys, I'm uh, always late. I'm not even in the friggin' it's car. It's true. She's driving, she's driving <laughs> herself. She's driving herself. I'm driving myself. Uh, so I, I, got a, I got a question for you. Have you guys, have either of you ridden with Bree and I where I drove and Bree was in the passenger seat? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went to Ogden. What, how was that experience for you guys? <laughs> I thought nothing of it. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought we were pretty tame as opposed to normal. Do we need to go on an adventure? We can rate your. We can sit in the back Josh, seat. And Josh rate and Carissa your, are, are are scared of us. But they also like riding with us. They laugh the whole time because we yell at cars and we yell at each other when we're driving <laughs> and we're like, "God damn it! I'll just fucking look up the GPS." No, you're driving. You're too fucking slow. <laughs> and like it's, it's a back and forth. It doesn't matter which of us. Is Maybe driving it's because either. we've been podcasting long enough. Maybe that you start bickering. Doesn't phase yeah. me when. But it's I, a loving bicker. I don't know. We uh, we go to bed happy and loving. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought nothing of the drive. Hot love was, was <laughs> Wow. Uh, anyway, that that is Brie, uh, and it's a special week for Brie. Um, it's a birthday week. So Veterans Day is a is a is a special time of year um, when we remember <laughs> veterans, and also and, my, and also and my wife's birthday. <laughs> so speaking of which, should we should we do this now? Should we do? Yeah, yeah. So gifts. So we I want to see. I want to see what gifts you guys got her. Um, and uh, Jeremy said that's a dildo. It's in a wine box. Um, <laughs> it could be. It's. It's I mean, too heavy. My hand will get tired. It's glass. Uh, I mean, that would be that's a little dangerous too. Are you trying to kill me? No, no way, glasses break it. He's yeah. trying to give me carpal tunnel and and kill me at the let's same see, time. <laughs> you know nothing about Look, glass ones, then you need to do some research. That could be like the power pack for the plug-in, like the the converter. <laughs> <laughs> the the lights dim in the house when you turn it on. <laughs> Remember the lightsaber sound? <laughs> 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 it's upstairs. That's what I was playing with earlier. Oh, that that's that's it? the lightsaber. Oh. Yeah, that's but amazing. What the hell, woman? Come on, here. Do you want a knife? Hold on. I feel like there should be some like elevator music playing in the. That's not a knife. This is here, a knife. Have my switchblade. <laughs> I don't know, maybe our Australian here, accent take was horrible. The I'm not, I'm not using right. it. Why not? Why? Be, be careful of the box. She has one. Oh. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she needs to be one. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I know she has one. I'm well aware of her pussy. Woohoo! <laughs> wow. It's wine. Oh, wine in a wine box. Very creative. <laughs> Thank Jeremy. you. Very creative. <laughs> <laughs> not a dildo, folks, at all. Definitely no, not. It's wine. It's it's my wine. It's one of your well, favorites. Yeah. To to say definitely, have I ever told you guys the New Orleans stripper story? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> plus, Jeremy sure. always, plus, Jeremy's wrapping always comes in a cool box. Do you guys want to hear the New Orleans stripper story on yes. the show? I don't. Okay. Do we want to hear it on the show? The what stripper story? So what made me think of it is dildos and bottles. <laughs> as bottles? Dildos and bottles. Bottles so you, as? Maybe. So <laughs> you guys, so we'll let Brie open the next gift, the one from <laughs> Jess, and then you guys can decide if you want to hear about the New Orleans stripper story or not. Or you could just tell it as she's opening it. Nope. Nope. It's a lot more involved than that, and I don't want to ruin her moment. Well, <laughs> my moment? <laughs> her her moment in time. 
She'll have another moment next year when it's her birthday again. But that bag says happy birthday. You can reuse it for birthdays only. Yes. No no secondsing that bag at Christmas or Easter. No, you should. To- it's Jesus' birthday. You could totally use it at Christmas. Who fucking celebrates it as Jesus' birthday anymore? It's my birthday. Hobby First Lobby off. does. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Artifacts, smuggling pieces I, of Actually, shit. that came up in my, my Facebook timeline when I found Happy Birthday Jesus stuff at Hobby Lobby the other day. Speaking from of like Hobby years Lobby, ago. We were there last night getting some stuff for one of the kids' projects. Did you steal it? Hobby Lobby? Yeah. No, I didn't steal so it. So you gave them money. Fuck you. Oh, yes, I helped Fuck them you. with their embezzlement. No. Hey, we have given them money as well. I know. My I point really is they were playing it. Christmas music. So I know. Yeah, and I'm like, sure half the like, store is Christmas shit now. Have you no, heard about Target starts in July? Have you heard about Target's war on Christmas? Yes. No, it's not a war on Christmas. It's a listening to their consumers. We talked about it a few weeks yeah. ago. Right here. You got the your mouth open, but I don't know what you're doing <laughs> over there. You just showed me a corkscrew. Is this a sex toy? What is this? They're not corkscrews. Really? They're wine bottle toppers. Okay. You know, <laughs> I didn't know. I can't fucking see from over here. Can you not? They're there's a little thingy in the, you know. So they're made by Keith, who does the lazy, the sexy Susans at the farmer's market. And they're oh, made out of. That guy's awesome. They're made out of um, barrels. Whiskey yes. barrels. Yep. Smell that. And then he engraves he engraves all of them. That smells good. This one doesn't smell as, as good. We're just passing them around. <laughs> like we're, we're smelling my wine stoppers. We're why, sniffing why your wood. Why are we fucking sniffing your wood? Why did I put your wood in my face? Why would that you want to sniff? Why would you want to sniff wood? That is the opposite thing of what normally happens. Sniffing you don't wood? S- no, putting your wood in my face. <laughs> 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 what wow. is that? Should I put that in the show notes? Your wood in my face? Yes. <laughs> 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 All right. So speaking of wood in my face, um, I just I really hope that Peter's laughing because he said that you bring out his inner twelve year old. Yeah. Well, he likes so. wood in faces. And <laughs> and as as a horticulturist, culturist or whatever you call him, he would appreciate the uh, wood as opposed to Facebook. It's face wood. He's not an arborist. What are you making? He's like not fucking an horse. <laughs> He, she's like he's a horticulturist. I know what he is. She's like, they don't um, have trees in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> What? Have you ever seen a picture of Ireland with a tree? It's all open green fields. It's, there are there's no trees. Trees in Ireland. And there's uh, there's car bombs. <laughs> car bombs. I mean, look, my 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 the picture. Shrubbery. Admittedly, my pictures of Ireland are are very jaded to the news that uh, the Ireland had in the eighties and nineties, because that's the Ireland that that like is stuck in memory, which is the U two Ireland. Well, it's fucking Ireland full of car bombs and, and civil <laughs> unrest and the IRA. Uh, Do the you IRA. ever look at any other pictures of Ireland? Uh, n- no, I. <laughs> I mean, in the, the eight, late eighties and early nineties, I you know I'd look at Ireland and everything I read about them. There's explosions. It's like going to Israel. I have no interest in going to Israel ever. I want to go to Ireland though. And 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 maybe Ireland's better now. I'm sure it is. Uh, Peter could probably to, tell us. I want to go to. To Italy, Ireland, and Scotland, and, and Australia. I think it would be beautiful, but I'd be afraid of getting blown up. I don't think that's really an issue. I don't anymore think it's an Ireland. issue anymore. I think you're more likely to get blown up here. But that's that's my like. Well, no, here I'm more likely to get shot by an AR-15. Apparently, well, did you guys see that meme that was going around with the names of all the mass shootings and the gun that was used? Mm-mm. It's an AR-15, and just about every one of them. 
And you uh, tell yes. me we don't have a problem with, with certain guns in this country. But we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> we're here to talk about the new Utah. We've got a really good interview today uh, with... Uh, Jenny on the block. <laughs> <laughs> JJ, as I like to call Jessica, her, Jennifer. you are not allowed to get anybody named Jen anymore because that's all Jeremy's going to say the whole time. <laughs> that's the only reference he knows. Uh, no, Jennifer uh, Jennifer Jones. That's what um, the young kids are listening to, aren't they? Oh, my yeah, God, like Yeah, tw- like 15 years ago. I'm going to fucking turn They're your mic all anymore. the way off. If you don't stop it, I'm those turn young you kids down. are not young anymore. Uh, but she is the uh, the author, creator, uh, everythinger of the dead history. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think she has anyone helping her with the blog, and and it sounds like she's doing all the book shit herself. Uh, <laughs> she had a publishing company, but it sounds like she went for help, and they're like, just send a proposal, and uh, so she did everything. Uh, anyway, she's the of the the dead history, um, and. She's got a lot of really cool Utah stories uh, in particular. She's done a lot of research, especially in northern Utah, up in Ogden. O-Town. O-Town, yeah. What do they call Logan? If they call Ogden O-Town, what's Logan? L-Town. L-Town? Shit. Shit. No, (laughs) I like Logan. Loganville. Elville. The best. I mean, it fits because we got Herkin. Elville and Herkin seems just fine. Tokerville. Like, Elville would totally work. Elville. Elville. We got Salina. How do you spell that? E L L E V I L L E L V I L L E L V I L L E. Anyway, uh, so that'll be good. But now we are going to hear. I'm going to make you guys listen to my hooker story. Hooker story? No, <laughs> stripper story. New Orleans stripper story. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. So if you have not been to a strip club in New Orleans, um, you should go. It's a very interesting experience. We decided on a uh, a work trip one year. Uh, me and a few guys that I work with, let's go hit up some strip clubs. So we had been to strip clubs in other places, obviously, um, you know, everywhere from Vegas to San Francisco to New York. Uh, we go to strip clubs in New Orleans. They're different. Uh, they're a whole different experience. <laughs> so especially on Bourbon Street, which is where we decided to do it. So we went strip club hopping. Well, they all have a cover and they have a minimum, a drink minimum. So the first one we go into and I'll kind of shorten the story, but this, this part's funny. First one we go into, one of the guys that we go in with, he's not drinking. Um, he's LDS, so he's okay looking at titties, but not drinking boo- booze. I don't, that I just don't get. Uh, anyway, so well, he. I don't he, think they're supposed to do either. <laughs> so anyway, he goes in. He doesn't want to buy a drink. They make him buy a drink. We're only in this place for five minutes, tops, and we, we duck out. Uh, and he won't tip the he won't tip the waitress because she made him buy a drink. And he didn't want to buy a drink. And as we're leaving, she's like, "There's that fucking asshole that won't tip me." <laughs> so anyway, we, we hop a couple different strip clubs. We finally get to one, and this place like, have you ever been to Burt's Tiki Lounge? Did you ever go in there? Mm-hmm. You know how the walls are like that weird, like rocky, holy, slimy kind of. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So that's what the inside of this strip club is. Like a lot, the walls are kind of that weird, like lava rock with, I mean, it's really kind of slimy and gross. And it's, it's kind of, it's a shithole in comparison to some of these other clubs. Uh, there's one main stage in the center and then there's this little side stage kind of up by a window where a window would be, but there's no window. <laughs> some cardboard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because they can't really have them dancing like that, uh, openly viewable. So we get in, uh, and we sit down and, Bam, instantly, the, the four of us that are there, all of us have a stripper on our lap within seconds, right? Like, no time at all. And we're like, 
Okay, so now we know what the strip club is, right? And they're they're rubbing up on you, <laughs> and and like the girl that was on my lap was so fucked up, she could like barely say words. <laughs> That's gross. Okay, so we're talking, having a conversation with these girls, uh, and I thought you said she couldn't say words. She she really couldn't. But there were three others sitting on her. There were four of us with all with a stripper. Out of nowhere, all four of them stop talking and they go, you need to watch her. And they were talking about the girl that was coming up on stage. <laughs> so they get up and they get up and go and do whatever. And <laughs> we start watching the stripper. <laughs> and she gets you, you up gotta, on stage. you got to control your so, laughter. <laughs> picture this because she's That's part of the story. She's tall. She's 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 like an Amazon. She's like six foot two. Probably this girl. She's got blonde dreadlocks. She's a white girl, six foot two with like blonde dreadlocks. Right. So she gets up there. She starts doing a dance. Mid dance, like maybe a minute and a half in. She looks at the guy sitting next to me and goes, give me that beer bottle. Jumps down off the stage, walks to where we're sitting, picks up his beer bottle, which was not empty, by the way. Gets up on stage, realizes it's not empty, just flings it out, like what's left in the beer bottle, just flings it out on the floor, sets it on the stage, proceeds to do bottle tricks. <laughs> Picking it up and putting it down with various parts of her undercarriage. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're all like, we're all like, wow. Like that's, you don't see that very many places. <laughs> right? Definitely like, don't see that on YouTube. So well, maybe you do. Well, you might. You I might mean, now. Yeah. Uh, if you go into the adult side of, of YouTube. But anyway, so we're like, holy crap. The story does not end there. <laughs> <laughs> so after they're done on the main stage, they go to the secondary stage. And at this point, our interest is peaked. We're like, what the fuck else can she possibly do? So she's walking past us. She grabs my other buddy's hat, his baseball cap that he's wearing, and takes it with her. And he's like, oh, no, not my hat. Like, <laughs> it's like one of my favorite hats. So we turn around, and she's got the hat, and she sticks it in her butt, and she's like Ew. doing a dance. And then like she swings around the pole and like pushes it out, and it flies and hits him in the lap. Have you guys ever seen Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? <laughs> so I always give him shit about the hat. Like when I see him, I'm like, hey, uh, how's your hat doing? <laughs> Truth of what happened was we walked out. That hat went in the garbage right next to the door as we were leaving. <laughs> wow. That's really gross. That's that's a New Orleans strip club. Happy birthday, Bree. Here, look. This is the <laughs> town. Thanks, babe. That's the town that Peter lives in. So there are some trees. There are. Oh, holy shit. There are not that many trees, though. <laughs> He lives on a one tree hill. Oh my <laughs> god! There's no hills in Ireland. It's flat. There, there's uh, some pretty. Uh, let me tell you, I'm looking at this aerial view. From there are not that many trees. I would be interested to hear from from Peter. I mean, really, you're telling me there's trees? I there's not. We have more trees in Utah, and that's that's saying something. That's not. What do you think? You think there's a lot of trees there? Not very many. See? So I'm right. Ireland doesn't have trees. So I'm right. That's all. <laughs> it has bushes and shrubbery. <laughs> it probably... Aren't bushes and shrubbery the same thing? No. 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 But that is They're one not? of Peter's specialties as a horticulturist. Sure? Peter. I would like to know, Peter, are bushes and shrubs the same thing? Shrubbery. Did you guys hear that noise? I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> Leah's but tail is stuck in the bookshelf. <laughs> my dog's coming and she's standing next to me. And I look down at her and she starts wagging her tail. And it's inside of my bookshelf between two little wall things. And it's just going pow, 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 pow. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, enough about strippers in New Orleans and treeless Ireland. Um, I don't know if my events can like live up to strippers in New Orleans. They probably can't, but you should try anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that that lead in. Uh, as Chris <laughs> said, it is, <laughs> it is a Veterans Day weekend uh, coming up. So there are quite a few events going on around um, the state. One that's a really awesome um, that we actually have kind of ties to is up at Hill Air Force Base. Um, Jen McGrew's dad is doing a presentation on the Douglas DC-3 plane. Um, they do these plane series up at Hill Air Force Base, and he's doing it on Saturday. And uh, he was a pilot in the Air Force, and then he also flew for the Forest Service for a lot of years, and now he works up at, uh, I think, the Morgan Morgan Airport. But um, it's a, op- a cool opportunity to get up to Hill Air Force Base anyways, and you could go to the museum while you were up there. And That museum's fun. That's yeah, cool. it's super, super cool. Um, they... <laughs> What? <laughs> what? I'm just watching Chris pantomime out to Leah and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> she's like, I don't understand this language. Um, so uh, November is Native American History Month and on the 8th at uh, the mo- also up at Hill Air Force Base, um, they're doing a talk about the Bear River Massacre, which is a really super awesome piece of Utah and Idaho history. <laughs> um, I wouldn't call it awesome. Uh, yeah, well, it was something complete Yeah. Anyway, so... Why didn't we ask uh, Jennifer about some of those massacres? Oh, she asked that. Maybe we'll have to have her back on. We will have to have her back on. Um, her focus has mostly been on, like, the Ogden to Logan area. Um, and so I think, like, her stance, like, if I'd been like, oh, Salina, she would have been like... I'm not in that part of Utah yet. <laughs> Why would you ever want to go to a town called Salina? Um, it's so close to saliva. <laughs> I don't know, but there was a prisoner of there's war a, camp there. There's an attorney that I was working with today, and his last name is Swindle. <laughs> That's a good name for, a, for wow. an attorney or an accountant. <laughs> I once had a doctor. I once had a doctor named Spectre. Doctor Spectre. Was he an eye? It's like the doctor? dentist around here that's nope. paying. Nah, he was a butthole doctor. No, he was a not. He was just a GA. <laughs> the dentist GPMing. around here that's paying dent- pain dental. Yes. Yes. That's an unfortunate name. For that is unfortunate. Um, so this weekend also is the Adopt a Native Elder up in Park City. And this happens every year. Uh, it's a really cool event. They've been doing it for 28 years. Holy shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so... They, it goes Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They have rug sale, jewelry sale. They have a powwow. Um, they have Friday night. They have a big uh, dinner and auction. Um, Friday night is $30, but then Saturday and Sunday is just $5. So what, what happens when adopt an elder becomes like 70 When they huh? should be adopted? Like what happens <laughs> then? What? When That's when they auction them off at the auction. They auction themselves off? The auction off the, the whole organization once they hit 70. Yeah. Why would it matter? Why can't they be 100? Because they're adopting elders. How does a 70 year old adopt other elders and not themselves? What? Never I'm confused. Mind. Never mind. Move yeah. along, move along. Nothing to see here, folks. You know, nothing at all. These are not the droids you are looking for. <laughs> wow. No, definitely not. But um, all that money um, goes to provide economic support for the elders in the Native American community. So it's really awesome. Uh, guess what else is this weekend, guys? Gun show. 
No, that was last, that was last week. Oh, actually, yeah. I don't know if that. anyone got shot though. Um, there was just a shooting in West Valley. It just came across my phone, so nothing new to see here. <laughs> um, no, it's the opening of the winter market at the Rio Grande. Oh, that's right! Yay! So get they're your doing drugs, it. Get your food. Yep, basically. So we well, got the munchies. So, <laughs> so last year they did it every. Heroin does not give you the munchies, Jeremy. <laughs> every other weekend, but this year they're doing it every weekend, and Olio is. Uh, one of the sponsors of it, which is super awesome. Yeah, Oleo. Yeah. I saw that they were doing their soap making class. Yes, they have another one coming up. Did you go up. to that one? No, I was ditched. And they uh, ding dong ditched. And they are uh, they are doing one Sunday. I know yes. this Sunday. I'm thinking 12. I'm going to go to that one. Soap class. I like this. Yep. Soap. So they're twenty bucks for the class, and uh, it looks like a lot of you fun. You get to make soap so. and bombs, and yeah, I mean just soap. Well, she was saying when soap. we when we were at their shop a couple weeks ago or a month ago. Um, that when in the class you make enough soap that's like, I want to say half a pound or something like that. So it's like eight or nine bars of soap. So it's worth the $20. I mean, well worth the $20. You make a pound of your own soap. Pound. And they also do classes where you can make, I don't know if it's a class or if it's individual stuff where you make like five pounds or something. So That's a lot of soap. Yeah, especially if you don't use soap. Yes. Getting ready for the zombie apocalypse. You might need it. <laughs> Who fucking needs soap, soap in the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> that is a last. In, are, in the list of bathing. in the list of zombie apocalypse like needed items. What if that's like the thing that keeps them away though, and oh, nobody yeah. thought of it? Then I will go fucking hit up Costco and get a thing of dial. <laughs> but maybe it's only. Isn't that what keeps the? Deer it's only away? homemade soap with oh, lavender. Only homemade soap with lavender. <laughs> This doesn't have any lavender. They made it with peppermint. Did you see the pictures of it, Jess? So, yes, it's that awesome. It looks so cool. I need the I need the oatmeal peppermint one. Um, so one more thing. This weekend, um, the Urban Flea Market is going to be doing a winter um, series. And Do they have flea circuses at the flea market? Yes. They're for sale. <laughs> they're old and smelly. Um, it, it's, so it's going to be at the Gateway, um, just below the movie theater. There are some empty spaces that they're going to be using. Um, you yeah, the Gateway has really dropped out of favor. Poutine will be there. It's actually, if you haven't been down there, it's actually really cool, the stuff they're doing to it. So They're trying. Yes. They are They'll trying. get it. They'll get it. Dave and Buster's is moving in down there. That's going to be huge. <laughs> That's probably what's going to keep the place it alive. It will. And if you've never been to a Dave and Buster's, you need to go. It you is, need to go. <laughs> it is the best of being a kid Jeremy, and an adult. Been? I have never no, been. No, it's only an, it's only an <gasps> East Coast thing. It, it's not. No, it's not. There's, there's one in like Colorado. three of them in Denver. Oh, there's nice. a bunch of. It's not just East Coast. At one so here's time the thing: was. take an arcade full of a, games that adults give yeah. a shit about, uh, and even the ticket games are. And fun add for some adults. really delicious burgers and some add, alcohol. Add some decent food. I don't know if I'd go to really delicious. Add like uh, Chili's quality food. Uh, but add booze, and that makes Chili's quality food up a couple notches. <laughs> a couple drinks first. Uh, they have pool tables. They have those like standing shuffleboard tables. Usually, they have all kinds of that shit. A million TVs to watch sports on, uh, and and that's and that's Dave and Buster's. All you need is ski ball. They have a giant. You know what's the Fruit Ninja game? They have a giant Fruit Ninja game. It's, it's called Fruit Ninja. That's yeah. What the I know. Fruit Ninja Shut up. Is. I was gonna guess. What's and then that I Fruit Ninja game? Shut called? up. I was gonna say what's, what's that, that fruit cutting game? game. I was they, gonna say what's that fruit well, cutting game? Well, the thing game, is, is they don't just have shitty games. Like it's not like Nickelcade. They get new games all the time in there, and they rotate them out, and they sell some of their old ones off. Uh, and so it's. I love Dave and Buster's. I probably will spend way too much money there the first year they're here. It'll be cool to see 
see how it goes in the community. So just a couple of things next weekend, uh, uh, the week, the 15th, the 20th. Um, if you can get a ticket, um, they, it's on a wait list, but the Utah Diné, um, Bikea, which, uh, is a tribe in Utah is doing their first annual indigenous dinner fundraiser up at the national history museum of Utah. And, it is a hundred dollars a person, um, but you uh, get served by chefs from the Navajo Nation and the Lake Superior Chippewa Nation. Um, I think it's a. Pro- I don't know if it's an online program or if it's an actual show called Sioux Chefs, like Sioux Indians, that these people have been part of. But um, not the chefs, bitch boy. But like, not S O U S, but S I O U S, Native American. Like I'm gonna. Chefs. It's a clever play on words, folks. It is a. It is a. Clever play on words. Um, also, next week, the 18th. Um, sorry, that's the 14th. On the 18th, the um, Green Urban Lunchbox release from Mount West Cider is happening. Their launch party. Yay. Um, that's 11 to 1 at the Cidery. Um, and this is the one where they take all the leftover apples and I, stomp them and make I do love how you cider. how you cheer for alcohol that you'll never drink. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yay, new alcohol, I won't drink it. <laughs> I can still be supportive. We never got to try that one. Last huh? year. When I they did that last oh, year. Last because year, I did yeah. not want foot cider. <laughs> <laughs> it might be super delicious. You don't even know. You won't be Depends around for on this one either. On I guess. We will be in Sida City. Well, they don't sell it the day they press it with their feet. No. They, they, pre- they, they pressed it a month ago. Oh, shit. I need to go get some more desolation. This is the actual release party. Um, do, you, do you guys remember? Do you guys, did you ever go to the Children's Museum there on Beck Street? Mm-mm. A really creepy white building. I've never been to the Children's Museum. It's been closed for a long time. So it's actually the Wasatch Plunge building is what it's called. Um, oh, the one with the trains in the bottom of it? The train club or whatever that they do in the bottom of it? That I have no idea. But they, I think that's what it is. They are working on... There's actually hot springs in the building, which yes. is why they keep the building up. That's exactly um, what they're doing. So they are having a meeting on the 20th, and it's called Reimagining Warm Springs. And I actually signed a petition <laughs> this thing um, just to keep it... Um, so open it's alive. in the building is kind of like is like like a pool like a. You never went to the children's museum there. Have you ever oh. been to Lava Hot it's Springs? Not, it's not super creepy. It's not <laughs> a pool anymore, but there are pools. They're still in there. there. So that and that's one of the things that people are saying that they want to happen is for the hot springs to, to be react. reactivated. Yeah. Oh. Um, yes, I've been to lava. There are hot springs that run through lava that fill pools inside of buildings and all of those Instead shade. of buildings? Inside it's like, of buildings. It's, like it's, like it's like the sewers of Ghostbusters too. Fuck, I cannot stand those hotels in Lava Hot Springs. They all have bed bugs. They're all fucking creepy as shit. The one is there's, super haunted. There's lots of moisture there. It's Anyways, <laughs> so Very if you're moist. interested at the Marmalade Library that's there on 280 West and 500 North at 7 o'clock on the 20th, um, they're just going to be giving some things that they would like to see happen with that building. Well, the, so the train enthusiasts or whatever still use the basement of that building. And they I, they have like their I train I need to get in that building. 
They have train sets. Yeah, they have like a whole thing set up in there. And so they want to make sure that that building stays around. So when it was a children's museum, it was like an interactive, like they had like a a grocery store and they had like a a hospital operating room. Well, I think the children's museum now still has that stuff. They just don't have it in a creepy place. Yeah, that was a creepy place. It's a big van out front. So, (laughs) no, it just had a a weird (laughs) feeling in that building. Anyways, so that's... That's all the things. That's, That's all of the things. things. I'm sure it's that not all, like but Chris it's all that are, are worth talking about. That sounded like what, when Chris says, that's all the stuff or whatever. Uh, we're going to do some news before we let you. We haven't done news, like official news. Do, 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 do news. Uh, we haven't done that in a while. Um, <laughs> we've been busy. We've been you busy. Just sound, you just sound clipped it, Chris. I mean, not clipped, but you like did a sound clip. I'm very proud of you. Do, 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 do. You just ruined it by bringing it up. I'm just not really ruined. proud of you. It's not ruined. It's good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we've been busy. We've been at a couple shows. We talked to some scary people, went on an investigation. Chris got sick. We had Halloween. Halloween came and went. All right. You know what? Fucking Halloween. <laughs> I realize we haven't talked about it since Halloween. Uh, you know how many kids we got at our door? Halloween. <laughs> Six fucking unique knocks. Six. That's it? All I night. think we had like 10 kids total. Yeah. Did you yeah. just call them unique knocks? Unique knocks. Well, it's a business thing. Meaning meaning maybe there was a group of three, maybe there was a group of four, there were some singles. Uh, ten. Ten kids probably, six total door answers. That's All sad. But hundreds. Did you guys see how much candy we had left after we left the expo that we used? I gave it all to my work. I said we should have given this to Jeremy. We handed out three tons gallon freezer bags full of candy left over that she took to work. Because we set up the fire pit in the front of the driveway. And since we're at the top of the cul-de-sac, all the parents come and sit and hang with me by the fire pit while their kids make their way through the cul-de-sac. And when they get back to the other end... They take their kids and move on. And it was either hit or miss. Either people ran out of candy or they had no one like us. And I will say... There's no one like you. That I know. <laughs> I'm a very unique individual. You're in a unique uh, knock. Unique New York. No, no I said you're a unique <laughs> knock. Uh, that chili you made, Jeremy, looked fucking the disturbing. Finger chili? <laughs> so, it, to be fair, it looked more like toes. Like big, big toes, it bunch of big toes. Like big toes. It's true, it, but it was cool. <laughs> uh, the onions were the nails, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And what you got to do is you got to cook the, the hot dogs more than what you would normally cook it, so that they kind of brown and blister. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I've seen the videos <laughs> on how to make it. Yours looked fantastic. <laughs> it was really good. You, you all did yourself. Did, well, did Heather outdo yourself? Heather outdid ourselves. That's what I thought. <laughs> do you even know how to cook a hot dog? I boil them. Or, I like boiled hot or dogs. Or on the grill. I can do them on the grill. I don't like grilled hot Go dogs. Grill. I like so boiled ones. I did find, I did find the idea. I stumbled across the idea and showed it to her. And she said, we'll do that. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. I was impressed. <laughs> I, was, I was quite a bit jealous, actually. I'm like, we could be at fucking Jeremy's house having chili right now. And we're instead here, hopefully answering the door for, well, yep, six six people. No, fucking. six knocks, ten people. Whatever. Speaking matter. of dead things, your, your man... <laughs> Cut his hair off. I know. Yeah, Kyle Beckerman cut his dreads off. Uh, now I won't know who he is. Except for I hear no. he's just got one left. Like he kept Yes, one, he kept a rat tail. One stupid ass rat tail dread. I don't know why I did that. But I, I will say I've never really thought Kyle Beckerman's extremely attractive, but I get that people do. I think he looks a lot better without the dreads too. 
I actually thought that they were starting to make him look old. So yeah. I think it was a good time to cut him because when he did his when he did his photo shoot like maybe five or six years ago, um, it was awesome, and he looked really good. And then I started watching like the last couple of years of interviews as he's gotten older and the sun's hit him more, and I'm like, dude, you're looking old. And now with his haircut, I'm like, no, he actually doesn't look old. I think it was just I was just done with the hair, so. I'm glad that he cut his hair. I think he looks nice. And We're it looks talk- like he has curly hair. We're talking about that because there's nothing else worthy of talking about in terms <laughs> of soccer. Um, it well, is they're out. They're done. Yeah, right? yeah that's, that's... They've been out for a while. Thanks. Thanks for bringing up old wounds. Sorry. Uh, no, they're, they are done. Um, but they, they signed Jefferson Salvarino's contract. They bought him from his club uh, that they had gotten him on loan from. Mike Petke's been signed to a three-year extension as the coach. What about your other guy? The other main guy. <laughs> Mondo? We don't yes. know about Beckerman or Ramondo. Yeah, Ramondo you don't know because Be- that was the one that I heard that they, that was on the fence. So actually Beckerman and Ramondo's contracts are both up and they are both free agents in MLS. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. It would be a shame to see them go. Uh, of the two, I actually think Ramondo's probably on the bigger downswing. Um, he's had a couple bad years. Uh, this year was, was pretty good for him, but uh, um, that, that's going to be tough to see where they fit in because I think they're both still starting caliber uh, in the league. Um, but uh, I don't know how much more Beckerman's got. I mean, 30, he's Beckerman's 37, I think. And for a, a defending midfielder, that's that's pretty damn old uh, in the soccer world. That's that's a really old player. Like so. Most of their players like 18, 19, 20, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, we've gotten a lot younger. I wouldn't say 18, 19, 20, but we, we've definitely got younger. Well, I would since, you know, Cassie went to parties with them. Yeah, but they're not the they're, they're not necessarily the starting players. That is not the, the starting team. The prime spot in terms of age. Kyle Beckerman is 35. Okay, so the prime spot in terms of age for a, for a soccer player in particular is probably in your mid-20s, like 23 to 27, 28. That's probably your prime. That game is brutal on your joints and knees. Well, that's and- just it. I mean, it's it's a game of marathons. These guys, I mean, especially midfielders, typically are running a marathon every week or every few days. Uh, it's no joke. I mean, you're doing 20-plus miles in a game, some of these guys. So You can't keep that up for too long. Well, <laughs> Beckerman's 35. <laughs> He's been playing since he was a kid, so you tell me. Uh, but I think he's got some years on him still. I think if it, they can come to an agreement with him, he is the captain. He's, he's, I don't know. So there's, there's stuff to figure out there. Um, a few other stories of, of note, uh, Sears, uh, I don't know if you've heard that that terrible company is closing more stores. Um, the main one downtown. Company. I already thought that that one was closed. No, the one downtown, which if you actually saw it in it's like glory days was an amazing building. It's but a, do you know what nobody said? <laughs> nobody was like, oh, we're so sad. Sears is closing. Do you know what the conversation was? Hey, what's going to happen to the taco, taco trucks? Taco trucks. So, Not taco trucks. The one taco stand. Which, by I think the way, there's two. Which, by there's, the way, it's the same. They're, they're the same. They're the same people. Right, which, by the way, the, the, taco, the taco cart there is the one that created all the crazy food truck legislation, all the taco cart legislation, because the taco time across the street was pissed because no one was going there and everyone was going to the taco <laughs> cart and they still do it. And that's where we got some of the regulations about how far apart the carts have to be, how they have to have leasing rights from property owners and all that other stuff. It came Which, from that taco cart. 
is uh, your tacos are safe for now because Sears owns the land. Yeah, and they're going to let them and stay. And they're going to let them stay until they decide what to do with the property. That Sears so. is a shithole, by the way. They're, we used to go I there all the time. Like, okay. I haven't been there in years because I thought it was closed. You say that, Sears, as if all Sears aren't shitholes now. They're not. Yes, they are. <laughs> no, they're not. Have you been to the one on Jordan Landing? Yeah. It's a giant open vacuum of a warehouse that... No, it's not. Yes, it is now. No, it's not. Have you been in it recently? Yes. Since they put the Burlington in the ha- the second half of it? No. Yeah, it's still Have a you been hole. in it? Yes. Why? And it... <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me questions like that. Don't ask me why I go into stores I go into. He was wasting time. He had a coupon. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Have you ah! fucking been to a Sears in the last two years? They print out like five miles of receipts. So that's a pet peeve of mine, right? Like I go to the grocery that's store, I buy one thing, I don't want a fucking mile long receipt. We've gone to Sears before because we've seen stuff on sale, or we wanted to wander in. So and you we get your tools? Uh, no, not necessarily. I get mine from Lowe's. <laughs> I get mine from Amazon. <laughs> or, or Home Depot or Lowe's. Now. At one time, that's where you go well, to craftsman, get tools. Craftsman tools are, are great tools, and that's Sears brand. Uh, so anyway, you go in there, and Kmart was the same way because it's the same company now, but you go in there, you buy one thing, you get not only your receipt, which is probably a good, like not joking, seven to eight inches yeah. long, and then 15 other receipts with a 20% off coupon, a dollar off of this thing, a dollar off of that thing. A do- the thing I hate is it's stuff you just bought. Yeah. It's like, like cat- oh, here's a different kind of cat food. I'm not fucking switching cat food, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> like, here, you bought you bought a degree antiperspirant. Here's a coupon for Gillette. No. <laughs> There's certain brand loyalties that are going on there, I think. And uh, it's just. I hate those things. So anyway, that failing company is closing more doors, including that store. Um, they're, they're hiring at the one in Jordan Landing. Which is weird. Are there it's any Kmarts left? Speaking of... The there th- are just... Well. I don't know if there's any left in this valley, though. I don't though, think they're there? on the That's valley. what I mean. That's I think what I mean they're here. all outside I think they've the all been shuttered that, now. That Draper one closed uh, by about a year. About, mm-hmm. Probably about this time last year. Yeah. So then there was the one out on like 90th. Yep, the one out in Sandy. Well, the one that was Sandy. on 56th Jordan, closed a while That's ago. been closed for a while. Yeah, about a year. The one on Bangor that had its own exit. The one on 90th is about a year. Time ago. Oh, about wow. a year. The one in Kearns? Yeah, by the 56th. one by the liquor store? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one on 41st closed too, closed. and now there's like nothing there but this that DJ bar. Yeah. DJ's bar. And that rent to own <laughs> something or the other. I'm just saying, Sears and Kmart are failing, but. Just hit it on the head. What just the most important thing is the taco truck. That is true. And this is a boring conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody heard me say that though. No, I heard you. I I very much heard you. I said it like the sweaty ball ladies, so nobody would hear me. You said it like sweaty balls. Is that what you just said? The sweaty ball ladies. What? How they talk really quiet. Into the mic? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Hey, so remember when we were talking about that trust that um, National Geographic was um, for giving? pickle, Rick? For the pickle? Yeah, the pickle pick? They got it. Fifty thousand dollar preservation grant um, to restore the building. That wasn't the millions we talked about. Well, no, the, so they the divide, total yeah, grant they, was one point five. Yeah, and they're dividing it up among among the places. So. Um, the Utah Pickle Company building is at 7741 South 400 West, um, just behind McGrew Studios, actually. So $50,000, though, a lot in the world of restoration is It's probably nothing. like a front door. Yeah. So <laughs> um, the building opened in 1894, 
Um, it They said it may have been home to mustard and soap production at one time. Um, we should get our guest, Jen, on that. Oh, she should research that for us. I know, right? Um, anyway, so... Probably haunted. Ten, there's 10 other cities nationwide, nationwide that are going to receive uh, grant money. Um, a building in New Mexico, a cafe in Los Angeles. Uh, uh, there's one in Missouri, Texas, Philadelphia, Alabama, North Carolina. A theater in Des Moines. Um, another theater in Cincinnati. And a, a vintage neon sign park in Arizona, which is totally cool. But, yeah, I can't imagine that money will go go very far. But it's no. cool that they got it. Yeah. So you can restore the geez, sign, maybe. You need to talk louder, lady. Me? Yeah, you go, look, look, so this is you here, and then look, 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 and then this is you trailing off on that story. This is like the opposite. I told you I was like, this is really tough when you start to trail off. I get louder, she gets quieter. It's it's hard to fix all that. I forget to talk into the microphone. It's true. We can't all be as fucking perfect as you. Just put your mouth on it, lick it a little. (laughs) (laughs) We can't all lean back on our chair, make it pop, and play with switchblades and make noises. And stuff. Our chairs don't lean. You know what, though? Here's the thing. I do that all off the mic, and you can't hear it I on hear the mic. It. I know, but you can't hear it on mic. I hear it. You can't hear Jess on mic either towards the end of her story. <laughs> uh, so today is election day, by the way. Uh, oh, hopefully yes. everyone voted. Um, Polls are closed. Uh, and the 3rd Congressional District, uh, as predicted, is going to John Curtis. <laughs> Yes, by yeah. like a huge margin. Like he's got about 70% Six, of the yeah. vote right now. It was like 60 saying. the last time I checked. Yeah, it's, it's close to 70 now. I did mail in. I love it. Uh, well, so here's the thing with the third congressional district. It's Utah County. I think everyone knew it was going to go Republican. That's Chaffetz, Chaffetz, that's asshole face's seat. Um, oh, no. Sphincter eye. <laughs> old sphincter eye. Uh, he, I, I still contend part of him leaving Congress early was so that he could give someone else. It was the Republican Party in, in Utah, maybe even the National Republican Party, saying, get out, because if you run for re-election, you're going to get beat. Because Kathy Allen had already raised so much money, so him stepping down afforded the opportunity to get an actual Republican What does she have to do? If you just give that money, does she just keep it? Uh, used to be, uh, used to be. So um, if she doesn't, if she hasn't used it all, what does she do with it? She's probably used it all. Uh, but now, so you basically, there's a lot of laws governing campaign finance money now. Used to be, you could keep what was known as your war chest. So a guy like Orrin Hatch, who'd been in office forever, uh, had millions of dollars saved up in his campaign funds and never really had to use them because he's just always getting, you know, the seat over and over again. Well, they changed the laws back in the nineties, I think or early 2000s, uh, and you can no longer keep those war chests when you retire. They don't go into your personal accounts. There's certain rules as to where you can donate that money. You can give it back to donors. Uh, you can donate to other campaigns within certain things. So, so she's just so you know, she's already conceded. Uh, of course she has. She, it was 50. The last uh, numbers coming in about four minutes ago was 58. Um 58 for Curtis, so and 25 for, for Kathy. So, decent showing, uh, but uh, I don't think it surprises anyone that she loses that race. Um, so if it had been against Chaffetz, I think she would have. Well, that and that's just it, as I think Chaffetz is so despised uh, locally, or, or at least was. He was in a position where it probably was a bad idea for him to keep. Now, whether or not that would have blown over over the next year and a half, who knows, but... 
now Curtis is there with the special election. So, uh, And just so you know, it's the first time since 1989 Democrats have won all three um, marquee off-year races. So New, New Jersey governor, Virginia governor, New York City mayor. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge to, to get those. Uh, so maybe things are starting to change politically. Maybe the Republican Party will finally uh, disavow Trump. Nope. Nope. Not going to happen for a while. They'll get deported if they try. You're fired. <laughs> Do you see the lady flipped his motorcade off and she got yes, fired from her job? Yes, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Stupid. She'll get another job. Yep, hopefully for a better company. Um, <laughs> she, worked for the, she worked for the government. <laughs> well, hopefully for a better well, company. Right now, working for the government, depending on where you're working, may not be that great of a thing. Okay, so I don't know if I want to talk about these stories, honestly. So then don't. Um, We're about out of time. Because I'll just probably bitch for 20 minutes about Clive and Bundy uh, and and the bullshit. We Um, can talk about how VidAngel filed for bankruptcy. (laughs) I think we we talked about... No, I didn't print that story. Did they ever pay pay Travis? I think we talked about... Okay, that one we heard, <laughs> and I, I, I'm not, I'm not editing it. If it comes out on the mic, I'm not editing it. That one we, we for sure heard. Usually we don't, but that was loud. And I think that covering your mouth with the paper, like folded just over. Been like, I think, well, I think that's what happened. Is I think it funneled it. It went down. So instead of like, like just kind of when you covered it, I think it just funneled it and like made the sound louder coming out of the paper. So right into the mic. Sorry. Yeah. You're like. <laughs> uh anyway um, hey, it's no chewing into the mic so hey. i think uh i think that when the news that disney was suing vidagel came out uh was it a disney that did it first Dis- yeah uh, i think when that news came out i said they're gonna file bankruptcy <laughs> like they're not gonna survive uh and uh good on them fuck them that's what i say sorry i'm not a fan of vidagel uh i'm not a fan of anyone that tries to uh, break censor copyright laws and censor like art. That company that regard. came out in the late nineties, Clean Vids, wasn't it? Something like that. <laughs> I don't think that. Was <laughs> I think that was from everyone else laughing. At <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So Clean Flicks, uh, so yeah, they got like shut that. down. Late it's 90s, like a dry cleaner thing. building now uh, down in Murray, where that used to be. There was one American Fork too. Yeah, um, it's the same thing. They're editing copyrighted material and then reselling it, and that's the big thing. It's the reselling. I wonder of that if material. there's uh, like other. St- other states that have stupid people like that. There's got to be. If there yeah. are, my guess is in the Sun Belt, so like Missouri. Yeah. Um, you know the Bible Belt there. The sun Belt. It's called the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. I know, but you should have called it the Bible Belt to begin with, because that's why thing. you cared about it. It's the same thing, but Missouri has pretty pretty crazy shit. Have you guys ever been to Branson? No. So my boss is asked if I moved to Missouri. So think of Branson. So Branson's up in the mountains, like we are. It's up in the Ozarks. Uh, so it's 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 absolutely beautiful up there. To be honest with you, it's gorgeous. Um, but Branson itself, picture picture Las Vegas, no casinos, no strippers, no booze. Uh. So buffets <laughs> and shitty shows. Shitty shows. They're not all crappy in Vegas. They're not. But imagine, the if, imagine if Wendover did shows nightly. 
They don't. Imagine if they, they did. I think they do, don't they? No. They should. No. But even if they do, Wendover has booze, so you'd get through the show. That's true. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's uh, Branson, Missouri. There's a lot of family fun parks, like little crappy water parks. Is that where the Dolly Parton theme park is? There's no, the Dolly. There's Dolly's in uh, Tennessee. Dolly, Dolly World? Dolly World's in Tennessee. Oh, gotcha. Um But Dolly Parton used to have a show in Branson. The Osmonds um, do, don't they? No, the Osmonds are in Vegas, buddy. No, but they, they, I think they had a show they in had, Branson. They had one in Branson. Yeah. So you've got uh, Yakov Shmirnov is still in Branson. Yakov. No joke. Uh, and there's some other shows in Branson, but that's what it is. It's a, it's a bunch of shows. Every restaurant in Branson, I shit you not, I've been there a few times for work. Every single restaurant, gift shop, and then restaurants behind the gift shop. You have to go through a gift shop. Like the Cracker Barrel? They're all designed exactly <laughs> like the Cracker They really are. They're all designed just like the Cracker Barrel where you walk in to a damn gift shop and you leave through a damn gift shop. You guys, you can see Carpenters once more in historic brands. Carpenters? How do you do that? She's dead. She's been dead for a She's been time. dead. Karen Carpenter's been dead So forever. speaking of Christian <laughs> cowboys, I'm going to talk about Clive and Bundy, this fucking piece of shit. <laughs> you decided to, huh? You decided you're going to... So I, just I'm just, I, I've been looking at his picture and it's just been pissing me off more and more. So uh, back some time ago, three years ago, three long years ago in 2014, uh, Clive and Bundy uh, participated in an armed standoff with federal ag- agents in dispute over his cattle grazing. Okay. So basically what's been going on for years is you got this old fucking piece of shit rancher, Clive and Bundy. Uh, he's got a couple kids, Ryan and Ammon Bundy, who should be fucking locked up for the bullshit they pulled up in Oregon, by the way. But that's, they're white, so it's okay. That's another story. Yeah, what the fuck would have happened if it was black dudes that did that in Oregon <laughs> and took over a fucking federal building, armed, federal, armed, take over this building, which, to be fair, everyone was like, who gives a fuck? No one's using the building for six months because it's winter time. But they go in, they take over a federal building. If that would have been black dudes, they'd all been fucking dead. They would have shot every one of them. No questions asked. But white guys, white guys, they're like, anyway. So anyway, so this is actually about the grazing shit that's going on. And so it pertains to Utah. He had cattle in in Utah and in Nevada. Uh, They grazed down in southern Utah in the little space where like Arizona and Utah and, and Nevada are all similar to each other. I don't know. Anyway, so he's got these fucking cows grazing on public land. So way back when there was an act passed that said, hey, if if you want to graze cattle on public land, that's fine, but you have to pay the government. You have to pay for rights to do that. Bundy is really never paid. And it's dirt cheap. For him to buy his own land uh, would cost him way more. But essentially, he owes $1.1 million in unpaid fees and penalties for letting his cattle graze for decades on public land and on what is now a national monument. Okay? So uh, they got, they got thrown in jail in 2016. There's been a long, ongoing charge. They have 15 felony charges that include assault, threats against federal officers, Firearms counts, obstruction, extortion. Together, the convictions on all the charges carry a possibility of more than 170 years in prison. You know, it's bad when your own attorney says, I think they'll lose again. (laughs) I hope to God 
they get locked up. And so this has got big implications because basically if, if, if they don't get locked up for this, the government looks like pussies and pushovers and the law means nothing. And they will lose all money from anybody else grazing their cattle because why would you pay? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wouldn't blame them for not paying for stopping making and for it, making payments. And it goes beyond the $1.1 million that these guys owe the government. It is the fact that they stuck rifles, assault rifles, in federal agents' faces. Where does that happen? And you don't get shot. Well, they were supposed to have their um, proceedings uh, prior to the Las Vegas shooting, um, and then they put it on hold. And so uh, basically they're saying, like, jurors are going to be predispositioned to the idea that a gun is a threat. So Good. Let them. Because it is a fucking threat. There's no predispositioning. If you stick a gun in someone's face, you are threatening them. Period. End of subject. The end. <laughs> I, I'm i sorry. It pisses me Put off. Put that no paper end. down. The whole grazing on BLM land pisses me off. I grew up in Wyoming. It's rampant. Don't take my stories away. I use them for show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I I... Is rampant in Wyoming. It's a small fee that doesn't cover the damage. Cows fuck up land. If you've ever been through where cattle graze on public land, they strip everything. They destroy it. They are too heavy. They trample down plants. And and plants (laughs) cannot regrow where they walk. Once they've eaten the stuff and tamped down the earth, plants don't come back easily. And so the small amount of money that they ask for cattle to graze, $1.1 million is what they owe over decades. So we're talking 30 to 40 years of grazing cattle on land. They only owe $1.1 million. That's nothing for all the land they're using for all the cattle they've grazed. Plus, I'm sure they sell their cattle for profit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It ain't the poor rancher against the big, bad federal government, folks. These guys make a lot of money. They're not fucking poor as hell. Cattle ranchers make a lot of money. And if you want to dispute that, go ahead. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm off my soapbox. And that's all he has uh, to say. Stick around. About that. Uh, obviously, coming up next is uh, our interview with JJ, Jenny on the Block, um, Jennifer Jones, uh, not to be confused <laughs> with Jessica Jones. I said it for you so they wouldn't give you shit. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a great interview. Uh, so uh, stick around for it. So we are here with uh, JJ, Jennifer Jones. Jenny on the block. <laughs> it's not Jenny on. You cannot call her Jenny. We already discussed this beforehand. Oh, that's right. That was that was. That's the her list. husband's pet name for her. That and, and green M&Ms are a no-no. Well, that's, you know, it's in a writer. <laughs> I don't know what we're supposed to do about that. So Jennifer is the uh, author of Dead History. Or as Jess put it on, on my little cheat card, at Dead History, which confused the hell out of me because Sorry. of modern day adding... No. Bree's looking at me like I'm a jackass. <laughs> she's eating and she's doing it off mic for everyone so that they don't have to listen to her chomp. I apologize for being late when I had to eat and I'm eating on air. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to read these cards. The, Jess writes cards for us for those of you that haven't figured it out before interviews. And um, she always puts, you know, questions. They're just guides for us if we get to a dry spot or we want to we want to touch on certain subjects. Uh, and the first question on here, Jennifer, is who are you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. This, this, the second question's better. It's where did you come from? 
<laughs> There's so many different directions this could go. <laughs> go so, where your heart Yeah, tell us you. a little bit about yourself. Um, so I, I'm originally from Arizona, um, born and raised in Phoenix, lived there for the first 20 years of my life. And then I ended up coming to Utah in 2007. Why Utah Um, of all places? I know. Right. And my ex-husband got stationed at, um, Hill Air Force Base and Uh. we got divorced a few years ago and I stayed because my kids, you know, were in school and I actually... I like Utah for the most part. I think it's beautiful. I don't know if I'll live here forever, but um, I've always been drawn to Ogden, even though when I first moved up here, everyone was like, why Ogden? Ogden's, you know, gross. I love Ogden. I think it's great. So I've lived in Ogden for because the last haunted. four That's years. That's what you tell people. I live in Ogden because it's the most haunted place in Utah. You know, that's honestly like that's one reason like all my favorite haunted places are up in this area. So it just kind of made sense to gangsters, you know, live there. So you're safe. <laughs> I think isn't that how it works? Yeah, so Al Capone oh, okay. was quoted as, say, as saying, "I would never walk down the streets of Ogden." That's why I've heard, and I've been trying for years to find some some type of like document showing for a fact that he, that he that. spent time on Twenty Fifth, and I cannot find anything. But I did talk to one of the managers at the Ben Loman the other day. And she said that he stayed at the Ben Lomond and they have his name in one so of the that, books. So that registry book was recently stolen, like within the oh, last two years. Up. Yeah, Carrie, Carrie at the shop that I go to in Ogden told me that it is currently missing. So oh, That is so lame. Hey. I know. I'm like, it. who wants to steal a hotel registry? Uh, it's got mob ties. <laughs> it's haunted. Yeah, you don't want that. That business trip might be on their tax forms and... You know, that's how they get all the gangsters. Well, it was coming to uh, that hotel was supposed to be his uh, alibi for the St. Valentine's Massacre. Oh, nice. Speaking of the St. Valentine's Massacre, not to uh, just, you know, shuttle our guest off into the distance. (laughs) But I have been to where that was in Chicago. My my buddy that lived in Chicago for a while took me to where the Valentine's Massacre happened. You can still see the bullet holes in the brick. Isn't it just an alley? Yeah, it's just a back alley in Chicago. So it was kind of cool to see. You need to find those back alleys here, Jen. I'm trying. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, 25th Street's like old red light district. Lots of dead hookers hanging around just going to the parking garage over there. You know, honestly, 25th Street has insane history. And it's not even just like spooky stuff. It was that when they say it was wild, it truly was wild. Like they just had crazy things happening there. I love it. It's great. It was wild until about 2010. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't stop all of a sudden. I remember in the late 90s coming to Utah uh, to move here, and and it was. It was like Ogden, like crime rate in Ogden per capita was worse than anywhere in the country, especially for violent type shit. Think of like, think of all the, the stories you hear about Chicago, like at a per capita level, it was worse in Ogden. <laughs> so per 100 people, it was way worse in Ogden than it ever has been in Chicago. <laughs> Those hundred Stifling people. Her laughter. She didn't me. It's true though. Ogden was bad. Oh, and I've told right the story. Awesome. I've told the story about I think it was the Owl Club or something that was right there across from the old mall. Uh, and I worked security at a party there. Legit bullet holes in the door that they hadn't been able to fix yet. Like four of them, not BB gun holes, like nine millimeter <laughs> plus holes. 
and cops coming into the party because they were looking for a stabbing suspect from down the street. <laughs> and then like two hours later, there's fire department like a, a block away because someone got shot in the middle of the street. Like that was a fun night. <laughs> <laughs> it still happens. We just had a shooting up here not that long ago. Well, we live in gangland now, so <laughs> Kearns. It's where we're at. Oh, dear. <laughs> see? Oh, dear. See, it's not just me. It's not just me, Bree. She even agrees. Like, I mean, it's been all over the news. It's not It's not been a good uh, good month for us. October and September and October were bad for currents. Um, anyway, so you, you get to Utah. When did you come to Utah? Like, what year? Um, January of 2007. Okay, so you've been here about 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you moved from a hot desert to a cold desert from Arizona. Yeah. To yeah. And honestly, like my parents are like, why don't you want to move back to Phoenix? I'm like, are you kidding me? It's 120 in the summer. No, thanks. <laughs> I'm good. I don't, I don't love the snow as long as I don't have to drive in it when it's really bad. I'm okay. But I do like having four seasons and, you know, rain and green and, so I have no plans to move back to Arizona. If I leave Utah, it'll be to go to, like, the coast or something. <laughs> That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Uh, so Dead History, what is Dead History, and, and why would you write it? Um, well, well let she me. she is writing it? Let me, I'll kind of back up a little bit so it makes some more sense as to how I got into that. Um, when I moved to Utah, it was kind of during the height of like the paranormal TV shows. Ghost Hunters, I think, was like the biggest one out at the time. And I've always had a fascination for um, ghosts and, you know, things like that, spooky things, stories. And I really wanted to join a paranormal team when I moved up here. And I tried to join a couple and it was either we're not taking members or, you know, in order to join, you have to find us five different places to get into. And I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't want to deal with all that. I'll just start my own team and see what happens. I had, I had no idea what I was doing, but, um, and I didn't know anybody cause I just moved here. So I, um, put an ad somewhere. I don't even remember like online somewhere that I was going to start this ghost hunting team and if you were interested, meet at, you know, this library on this date and people showed up and we formed a team and um, started actually investigating different places. And then um, one of my my good friends who was uh, he ran the PI team of Utah, which was the TAPS family team at the time. I'm guessing it still is. I'm not sure. But they were like the ghost hunter TV show team for Utah. So any. Anybody that contacted the Ghost Hunter TV show about haunted places in Utah got sent to his team. So he was retiring. He asked me if I would take over for him. I was like, sure, why not? And I took over that team, kind of merged my team into that one. And um, we were really, really busy for year, like, you know, a few years. So I'd been at that point. Let's see. It was I started it in 2007. I took over for him, I think, in 2010 or 11. And then by, um, like, mid-2012, I was just burnt out. It was so busy. I had little kids. I was trying to go to school. And I was like, I there was a lot of drama. And I'm like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And so I quit. And I missed it. I missed, um, I missed, I didn't really miss investigating that much because I've, 
I go to bed really early. <laughs> I was never one to stay up till like three o'clock in the morning, but I would always try to um, do the research for whatever locations we were going to. And I really enjoyed that. And so I thought, you know, I'll just start a blog and I'll research places and just talk about it. And so I started the dead history in like, I think it was October, 2012 and it kind of started out slow. And then, um, a friend of mine was able to get us into the old Indian school before they tore it down and they let us go in there and um, we took all these pictures and did stuff. And it was when I was researching that place and I had found, you know, that it used to be an army hospital and just all these stories. And that's kind of when I really started getting into the dead history and putting a lot more effort into it. And so what the dead history is, is, um, it's a blog that explores the real history behind haunted locations, urban legends. Um, one of the newer things I've started doing is I'll find interesting headstones and cemeteries and I'll find out who's buried there and I'll kind of do a little post about, you know, their life and what they did, how they died, things like that. So it's kind of a mixture of um, urban legend research spooky stories and some weird dead people genealogy mixed all together that's cool i remember that um in brigham city right the yeah school. i remember that I, that's somewhere that i would have loved to go but yeah they tore it down I, I heard lots of stories about that place did you actually go there yourself or did you just do the research no we actually went there because um so I'm kind of a chicken on top of being, you know, an old lady that goes to bed really early. I, um, I don't like, uh, I honestly, I've never trespassed anywhere for two reasons. One, I'm a chicken that I'd get caught and get busted. And two, it just trespassing has ruined so many haunted locations for decent people and teams that are doing things the right way. Um, that it just bugs me. And so, I didn't want to sneak in. And, and also, like, it's really dangerous, especially that old Indian school. It was it was not in a good condition when we went in there. We had to actually sign a waiver. Um, it was purchased by the um, Utah State. And so we had to sign this waiver that we had. And I actually had to prove that I had health insurance. <laughs> and we had to, like, get hard hats and stuff before they'd let us go in because – you know, there were holes in the floor that dropped 10 feet into a basement and there was, you know, equipment and stuff down there. And so um, somehow, amazingly, my friend was able to get us in there. They were actually tearing the buildings down. So we had to stay like on one side, but there were still quite a few buildings that weren't torn down. And we spent hours and it was freezing cold, but we spent hours um, wandering through the different buildings and taking pictures. And, and I think the pictures that are on my blog are um, some of the only pictures that were taken before it was torn down, you know, recently. Like, there were some out there that people had taken when they snuck in or pictures that were taken from the outside. But we were able to go in, you know, to a couple of the dorms and different areas. And they still had, like, furniture in there and curtains on the windows. And it was it was pretty creepy. Wow, that's really cool. Chris is actually pulling it up so we can take a look at it right now as you as you as you speak. So keep narrating while we look through your blog. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to mind read what we are looking so, at. So not to derail everything, but did, were you ever able to go into the Ogden Exchange building? Um, I didn't personally go in. My team did an investigation there. 
um, years and years ago. And it's kind of funny because that place, I like to call it the most um, not haunted, haunted place in Ogden because like all the stories about it are just bogus and people just um, retell the same bogus (laughs) stories over and over again. And there's a really famous EVP that was supposedly recorded in that building. And I've listened to it. Yeah, and it's freaky. It's really freaky, uh-huh. but I like the history that they are saying go that goes with that building is just simply not true. So hmm. we I don't think we um when my team went there, I don't believe if I remember correctly that they got anything. Um but I do remember there was something that had happened that was kind of freaky and it was like a door slamming shut or something like that, but other than that um I remember my friend saying, like, it's a super cool building. The animal heads on the outside are, you know, really cool. I mean, it's visually it looks great, but uh-huh. there just wasn't a lot, a lot there. So Has that one been torn down? I've heard rumors that it's been torn down. No, they're actually turning it into, like, a business complex. And oh. so um, they're revamping that whole area. And there's the big um, Swift warehouse building that's like right down the street from the exchange they're going to be tearing that one down oh hmm. but um i've heard that they're restoring the exchange building which is cool because it i mean it played a major part in ogden history and it's a cool looking building the building is pretty cool i I know they tried to make a horrible haunted house out of it for a short time yeah and that's see that's the funny thing because they called it the the haunted house is like belshire hospital or some Belshire asylum or something like that. And they, they made up this um, story about this asylum and it was for the haunted house, but now people retell it as if it truly was used (laughs) as a hospital. And I'm like, you guys, it it really wasn't ever that. You're like, here, read my book. (laughs) Yeah. And it has, you know, they used it. It was the stockyard exchange office building basically. Mm. So it was, it was offices. Right. And then um, in the 70s, Weber County Mental Health used it for like counseling and things like that. I've heard rumors that they briefly used the basement for the county morgue, but I can't really prove that. But um, other than like one guy dying from a heart attack in the 50s, there wasn't anything weird that ever happened there. So. Very cool. So what drove you to uh, really look into the, the heavy history of things from from doing the paranormal investigations and burning yourself out to now <laughs> doing all this research and putting together a blog. and um, It started when uh, we were investigating the old Utah County Jail. And that, honestly, like, that place we can't, nobody can really get into anymore because um, vandals damaged it so bad structurally that it's just not safe. And it's a shame because it was one of the the most haunted places in um, Utah. And we'd never, we never investigated it without having just crazy stuff happen. Um, But, you know, when you go into a place, if you don't really like try to look into it and you just take what's out there at face value, you're investigating it just the complete wrong way. And so we went in there the first time and we just were looking at it as a jail And so when you go into the building, half of it is kind of strange because half the building looks like a jail and the other half of the building looks just completely different. And it looks like offices, which they did use it as offices, but 
the whole style of like the construction and the layout is just different. And so it was like there were two buildings like smushed together. And so I started looking into it um, after we had investigated it the first time. And I found out that in the fifties, it was a hospital. It was like a nursing home slash rehab hospital. And um, you know, old people die in nursing homes and <laughs> like they do. <laughs> so we had been focusing on the wrong area of the building. Cause we were focusing on the jail, which jails are great for paranormal stuff because you know, one of the theories about paranormal is that um, places with like a traumatic history or like really energy. high tension. Yeah. You get that. And one of the things that we would capture at the old Utah County jail was um, the sound of the cell doors slamming shut. And the crazy thing about it was that they warned us, you know, we don't have keys for these. If you lock yourself in the cell, <laughs> you're going to have to call the fire department. And so we didn't mess around with it because that place, you know, had no electricity. It had um, water from like roof leaks. It was, you know, kind of sketchy. And you could tell that people were living there sometimes. And so we didn't want to get stuck there. Um, but uh, so we went back after I had done that research and we put our equipment in the older area of the building which you know if you went in there it looks like boring offices what's going to happen in a boring office but once you realize originally those were hospital rooms um and that there was a morgue where the kitchen was now Mm -hmm. you know it kind of changed things and and so we got more activity and so that's kind of what made me really start digging into um like really digging into things and not just taking like oh my you know my cousin's brother's girlfriend says that someone was killed here <laughs> like you know so like jeremy's childhood neighbors <laughs> <laughs> so what's so in your opinion what's one of the coolest places that you've either investigated or researched and or both hmm. um let's see uh, probably if I have to go with a place in Utah, um, it would probably either be the Union Station or the Ben Lomond. Um, the Union Station will probably be my, my all time favorite Utah place because it was one of the first big places I got to investigate. And, um, I just love the history attached to it and the, the stories that are there. And it's just, it's a cool old building. Um, if I had to go with someplace outside of Utah, I would probably say Penhurst. Because that place is just insane and uh, really, really cool to explore. I like, I like being able to explore like abandoned, falling apart places. And have you have you, you been know. able to go there, or have you just done the research? Oh yeah, no, um, I've gone there. So it's twice, right here actually. on her blog that she's. Been oh, she's, <laughs> Chris is like it's right here on her blog. <laughs> I actually yeah, have... every. Go ahead. I was gonna say I actually have a question uh, about one of the places you've been because I talk, We've talked to several different paranormal folks on this show, uh, people that have interest in in dead people and and that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I grew up in Sweetwater County, Wyoming, and you've been to the Sweetwater County Library. It says. Yes. Uh, so I'm curious what your your thoughts are there because there's there's a lot of history with that library that, you know, if you live in the town, you, you know what was under the library when it was built and what they discovered. So. Yeah, that um, that place is cool. I've actually investigated that place a handful of times um, and it was nice at the time. I mean, this was years ago, but the lady that was in charge was really into the the ghost stories. And, 
you know, um, keeping track of all the different um, occurrences that would happen. They kept a log there and she would write it down and save it. And so she was really good about letting us come in and, and do our thing. Um, but that's like the, oh, that's like the real life poltergeist <laughs> situation. And I don't know if you've ever looked at the book that they have. I think you can find I have. Um, I used to, parts I, of it. That's where I grew up. So, oh yeah. So you've seen like the bones that they dug up out of the ground and yeah. Did you get a chance to go up to the cemetery, the, the new cemetery where they reburied them? Yeah, I actually, it was funny. I went, um, year, like years and years ago, I had went with my son and he was little at the time and it was just he and I, and we were walking around and, you know, in Phoenix, you don't have wildlife like randomly wandering <laughs> around cemeteries or anywhere else for that matter. So we saw a deer like five feet away and <laughs> I naively thought that it was like this beautiful cemetery, this, you know, <laughs> decoration. And I was like, oh, that's no, that really nice. Home. And then it got up and started like walking <laughs> away and it freaked me out. So, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> Growing up there, you expect that. Like, that's normal. <laughs> Deer are in town all the time. I've gotten used to it now. Like I see them, you know, and especially at like Mount Olivet, they're mm. everywhere. But that first time I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that to happen. So how do you go about choosing a location? Um, I, I go at basically like what interests me the most or uh, like if my husband and I are going on vacation, I always have to drag him to at least one haunted spot or <laughs> like cemetery or you know we uh we ha i have family back east and that's how i was able to go to penhurst because i know uh. i knew some of the people that owned it i don't believe they own it anymore but at the time um i was friends with them and so we could just go in which was fantastic because it's really really expensive um otherwise and so uh that's usually how we do it like if we're going somewhere i'll just google and find out, you know, haunted places nearby, and he's down for it. So we end up, you know. We should travel together. <laughs> <laughs> so you try to do all the research before you go. There, there are some people who prefer to not know anything about it, uh, who think that, well, if I don't know anything about it, it's not going to persuade me one way or the other. What do you think about that? What's your opinion on that? Um, yeah, I can, I can totally understand that. Um, if I was still like actually investigating, um, you know, it might be a little bit different cause you don't want to be totally biased when I was investigating. Um, I wouldn't tell the team, you know, everything right. I would just say, you know, let's focus on this area. Um, and then after the fact we would go over, you know, details and yeah. things like that. But one of the things, um, my, uh, I have a, a friend, uh, his name's Helmy Kramer and he was on a really, really bad paranormal TV show that had like six episodes and then it was canceled. What, what was um, it? Uh, Haunted Encounters Face to Face. I don't know if I remember that one. <laughs> Google it. Terrible. It's on. There's some on YouTube. Like it's so it was so bad that they don't even have it on reruns. Oh, but that's... he was on he was on my team and he got on that show. And so he was able to get into some like amazing like the Black Dahlia murder house. Oh, and wow. Just really really cool places. Um, but we're still friends. And so we'll, um, we'll go do things or whatever. And so, um, we had gone 
my husband and I and he and his wife had gone to Wendover for a weekend and the old Wendover um, air base is out there. And so we stopped by the museum on the way home because we had heard that it was haunted. And he and I, when we used to investigate, um, instead of going into a place, if we were going to do an EVP session, it bugged him when people would be like, um, you know, how many of you are there? And are you a man? Are you like asking just really basic kind of dumb questions? Like Mm -hmm. it just bugged him. And so we would basically have a conversation that was kind of based on the history of the location. And we found that when we would do it that way, we would get a lot of, um, we'd get a lot better things on our, our voice recorders. And friend, I think those questions are dumb and there's no reason not to dig deeper when you are doing those. Right. And uh, like he, he explains it this way. If you're a ghost and you have people coming in and they're asking the same questions over and over again, <laughs> you're not going to want to respond because you're going to be like, you're really stupid. What are you and doing? How do you know they're not playing jokes on you and like <laughs> lying right. to you anyways, because they're tired right. of hearing the same questions over and over. Yeah. So we, uh, we were in the old, um, officers, uh, club at the Wendover. They've like re, um, they've redone it. So it's all nice and updated and like they've restored it basically. And there was, there were people in the building, but they were on the opposite end of the building. And it was just he and I in this big room and they had a, a model of the bomb because they dropped the Wendover air bases where the Enola gay was hangered mm-hmm. for when they bombed Nagasaki. And so they had a, like a model, this display case and he put his voice recorder down and he's like, let's just real quick. And so we just started talking about, you know, they were working on something that was a really big deal and, you know, it must have been really stressful and, you know, just things like that, things relating to what was going on during that time period. And when we played it back, you could hear people or things talking basically on top of us. And you, I mean, it's clear, you know, so I don't know, like, I get the not wanting to know too much when you go in, but I also think that when you tailor um, your approach to the history of the location, that, knowledge. yeah, that it just, I don't know. I think it gives you a better chance at getting better results, basically. That makes sense. Well, and if you give too much information and then you got people running around, it's the Chinese mafia. I swear <laughs> it was the Chinese mafia. When it's like, eh, be a little more open-minded. <laughs> right. So, yeah, and he'll tell you, like, he doesn't believe in ghosts. <laughs> I don't, he's a weirdo, but. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the uh, what's the most surprising place that you've you've been to or you've researched that that I don't know, that surprised you the most? I don't know a better way to put it. Um, oh, I know. So we uh, my friend um, Helmy again his mom lives down in Fairview and there's a art museum down there, the Fairview museum of art, I think it's called. And it's in um, the old elementary school that was built in like the early 1900s. So it's a cool old building. And I guess she knows like the guy that runs the museum and he was telling her that uh, they had a lot of weird stuff happening there. And so she told Helmy and he got in contact with the guy and Um, the guy was super excited and he was like, yeah, uh, I left a voice recorder running overnight and, uh, it just got this, um, you know, this crazy recording on it. And it sounds like kids running up and down the hallway. 
and I don't know what to make of it. And so we were kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, it's this tiny town. It's this old school building that nothing ever happened there that was weird or bad or anything like that. And so we were like, ah, eh, we'll check it out. We hadn't been on an investigation in a while. And we went down there one weekend and the guy was super nice and he uh, played the, the, the EVP that he got and it was really strange. And he had showed us like where he had left the recorder and he's like, I honestly, I don't know what to make of it. And so he left us in there and we set up some equipment and um, didn't really seem like that much was, you know, happening. And we were getting ready to pack it up. And uh, I think my husband was asking like, if the kids like to run in the hall, cause that's what the, the guy's EVP sounded like. And when he was asking the questions, like we'd play it back and he was like, uh, I think I'm going to run in the hallway and you just hear this loud voice yell, no. Hmm. And so we had asked the curator guy, you know, was there anyone that was really attached to this building or, um, you know, spent a lot of time here. And he's like, no, not that I can think of. And, we had left the building. We came back in. And when you walked in, there was these two portraits hanging on the wall. And I guess they were like the original um, directors of the museum. They were responsible for saving the school building and having it turn into a museum. And the one picture had fallen off the wall. And it wasn't like it was just straight down on the floor. It was like over on the other side of the room. And we're like, well, that's weird. We picked it up and put it back. We noticed the guy's name. And um, so we asked the director, you know, was this guy like really involved in it? And he was like, oh, yeah, like he was the guy that had it turned into a museum. And he spent like all his time here and he had a workshop in the basement and his artwork is in this one room. And we're like, oh, my gosh, dude, like when we ask you if there was someone that was really attached <laughs> to the building, like this is what we were looking for. And so um we decided to do a couple more EVP sessions before we left because it was like really late and I'm not allowed to say the guy's name. He asked us not because I guess the guy still has family living, but we said, you know, Bob Smith, is this you? Are you here? And on the EVP, um, he, you hear a man's voice and he says, I am Bob Smith. But it's obviously it's not Bob Smith, but right. um, he says the name and we were just stunned because, you know, that really, really doesn't happen hardly ever. I think the whole time I've been investigating, I've had a name called out maybe twice. Wow. Um, and we weren't expecting anything from that place. We actually got quite a bit of activity when we played everything back. So it was just kind of it was cool because we went into it thinking like this is not going to turn anything up you know it's going to be a waste of time basically but it turned out to be one of the most active investigations we had had and then on the flip side if you had places that you were dying to get into you finally did and you walked away with nothing oh yeah you walk away with nothing like most of the time <laughs> most of the time um the ben lomond i think um i've never done like a real investigation there but i have stayed there a few times and i'll let equipment but run. did you stay on the 11th floor you know, I can't, I'm pretty sure we did two of the times, but I hate to tell you the 11th floor is not the haunted floor. <laughs> <laughs> so which, so which floor, floor is? is? 
Um, you know, it's, I'd have to look back. I don't have my notes, but the, the room numbers that you see everywhere that are supposedly haunted, like it's, there's other areas that are more haunted and it's above that. And I can't remember which one exactly they were used as, um, apartments. There was like a floor that had apartments for a really long time. And they think one of the ghosts there is Mrs. Eccles because her husband had owned the hotel for years. And after they divorced, she lived there until she died. And towards the end of her life, she was a recluse and didn't really leave. And so the housekeeping staff and everybody was like, we know she's there. We just don't Hmm. ever see her. Um, Howard I guess, Hughes action. I was just going right. to say, you need to get into the Peary Hotel and do some Howard Hughes <laughs> investigating. I just heard about the Peary Hotel. Amazing, like, literally huh? this morning, there was an ad for it. And I was like, I haven't heard of this place before. I'm kind of ignorant when it comes you're to Salt Lake. Go, you're going to go into a rabbit hole with Howard Hughes when you do that. Because he lived did he stay there, there for a you long time. You definitely don't want to be in the rabbit hole with Howard Hughes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like You probably want to be on the edge looking down, but not inside of it with him. Yeah, you can be looking in. Yeah, he lived there as a recluse for quite a while. Oh, my gosh. I had no. Now I'm definitely going to have to. I had no That's clue. Exciting, huh? I'm a nerd yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a question for you. So y- you get both complete opposite ends of the spectrum, and I'm curious how you handle it. So on one hand, you get the people who everything's the devil, everything's <laughs> Satan. And then on the other hand, you get those that none of this is true. This is all, you're just making all of it up. How do you handle both ends of that spectrum? You know, I try to, um, I don't know how to say this. I... I'm not out to change people's beliefs. Um, and that goes both ways. I, it's a pet peeve for like the everything's demonic. I hate that because <laughs> it's just simply not true, but you know, I don't have the the time or the energy to try to change people's minds if they're that dead set into, you know, their beliefs. So I present what I present and you can take it for what you want and leave the rest. Like it, it doesn't really matter that much to me. I definitely am on the more skeptical end of the spectrum for sure. And I think um, my beliefs in the paranormal have only gotten more skeptical the longer I've been doing this because so much of it is just overrated and just blown out of proportion, you know? Mm. So, but, you know, I mean, People have their beliefs, and honestly, it's such a personal thing that until you have an experience with the paranormal that you can't personally explain, like, you could have a million different people tell you different stories, and it's really not going to affect you or change your mind until it happens to you, and then, you know, maybe you'll still say you don't believe in ghosts, or maybe your mind will be opened a little bit, but... I kind of think that paranormal is a lot like religion in that... Those who believe, believe. Those that don't, don't. And you're not going to convince anybody one way or the other. Someone who does believe, you're not going to convince them that it's not true. And somebody who doesn't believe at all, you're not going to convince them that it is. Exactly. And that's why, like, in my post, I try to just present the information. Like, this is the story of the haunted place. This is the history behind the haunted place. These are examples of things that happened. You know, make up your own mind with the information. Um, and you know, it, like you said, you can't, you can't change people's minds right. They're especially I think in the paranormal. Cause I think they're really hardcore either way. Like, <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, but even in the paranormal community, you know, if you get somebody new that is experiencing something and, and they present it as evidence, in air quotes, um, you know, then people in that very established paranormal group will be like, oh, no, we don't believe in that. And that other person clearly had those experiences. So, you know, it's with a grain of salt, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you have to, you know, you have to kind of like, I don't, I don't think educate is the right term, but you have to kind of like, you know, this is, this is what is known to cause these different things. Um, This is how you debunk, for lack of a better word, you know, different types of activity. But you know, on like, I have people all the time sending me things. Oh, what do you think of this? And it's like, well, it's a really cool video and it looks really <laughs> creepy, but I wasn't there. You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say somebody faked it or call him a liar. You don't know if you're not there. That's right. why it's like, you know, right. I have a lot of, of evidence that I don't put online simply because, you know, if people are going to argue over <laughs> whether it's like legitimate or not, I don't really care what they think about it. So it's like, yeah, I, you know, it's more hassle than it's worth, I guess. Sure, but... you just share it with the people that, you know, you know, right. would have interest and would care, I guess. Well, I have found the people who are truly interested in the paranormal for all the right reasons are only in it for themselves. Really? I mean, it's be- they believe it and they've had opportunities to prove it to themselves through EVPs, through photos, through experiences, but they do it for themselves, not for other people. Right. And if you hear people saying like that they're into it to help other families or, you know, other people, I call bullshit on that because really you're into it. You're doing it because you like it. You find it exciting. You want to validate beliefs that you have or experiences that you've had. And maybe helping people is like a byproduct of that. But I don't buy into like it's it's just not it's an expensive hobby. It's a time consuming hobby. Like you're not that helpful i don't think you know what i mean like you're not going to spend all your money and and give up all your weekends and and all of that just to go help people you're doing it because you want the adrenaline rush or you know the excitement of getting into a an abandoned place or what have you like the attention i there's a lot of people that are into it for the attention you know when you when you've done some of your um your research whether it's been on buildings or now that you're doing the headstone research do you ever get to have contact with family members to get greater stories i try um so if you're familiar with the legend of flo's grave she's um probably ogden's most well-known urban legend and she's one of the first urban legends that i uh researched to try to see you know where the stories came from because i think every urban legend has some truth to it, even if it gets twisted and, you know, blown up. And I actually spoke to, she died in 1918. So I think it was like her great niece or something like that um, to see if they had any pictures of her. Cause I really like um, when I can put a, a picture to a face to the name, you know, I like showing people like, this is who this person was. And she actually gave me a lot of information about like the family history and, um, what led to Flo's death and things like that. And they didn't have a picture of her, but um, she was really helpful. And so I try to do that if it's, you know, the, the type of situation where I can do that. Um, the, the news show that I was just on about the poor farm cemetery, 
I actually had people reach out to me after it aired on TV um, and their family owned the property right next to the poor farm since like the 1930s. And the guy was like, I have all this information for you. And he did. And like, it was fantastic. So it's interesting. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of stuff out there that has gotten uh, lost to time and people want it to be remembered, even if it's, uh, you know, in a minor way. And so when you bring it up, they're, they're really into it and they want to share what they have. So that's, that's one of my favorite parts actually is uh, talking to people that have a direct connection to whatever, you know, the story is. So how do you, how do you go about starting to research something like an urban legend? Like where do you, where do you start that out? How do you dig far enough to find the real story that's, you know, a hundred years ago that this was loosely based off of? Um, so before I started doing the ghost hunting thing, I was really into genealogy and, um, my friend will tell you that I have a knack for finding information that's difficult to find. And I don't know, like, if it's just that I'm kind of like OCD and once I like get, you know, on a track for something, I don't give up. I don't know what it is, but I, I do seem to be able to find like really random, um, pieces of information. And so like with Flo's grave, um, I started with the legend and the legend of Flo's grave is that she was waiting for her boyfriend to pick her up for a dance and she was hit by a car and died. And so if you, flash your headlights at her gravestone three times her ghost will come up and float towards your car so with like with her legend you know there's this huge car connection and um i basically just started by doing genealogical research on her and her family and one great thing about utah is that um all of their death certificates if they're 50 years or older they're online and they're free and like there's a lot of newspaper archives some are free some aren't And there's different places that you can go to find information. Um, And so I got her death certificate, and it quite clearly said she died from um, the Spanish flu. (laughs) So I was trying to find out, like, you know, why would, like, it was 1918. I can't imagine that all the teenagers had cars back then. And, like, it just seems so random. Well, it turns out that her father was one of the first auto mechanics for the state of Utah. And he would race cars. And so he was well known in Ogden um, for not only racing cars, but fixing cars and building cars. And like he was in the newspaper quite a few times. And so I have to think that somehow, I don't know how, but somehow, you know, her dad's profession, you know, kind of started this legend about her death. Um because it's definitely like he was a huge car person and she's got this, you know, car connection. So, so yeah, like I start with the the person and I just kind of work my way out into the branches. And sometimes I like get lost down the rabbit hole and I end up like researching See, she people gets that lost in rabbit holes. It's, okay. it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to exhaust every Avenue I can think of and, you know, the weird thing about legends, though, is I don't I don't think there's it's ever really possible to pinpoint like where exactly they started or how they started. But um, everyone that I've researched so far, there's like a little bit of the truth in there. So like the Utah Sasquatch. <laughs> 
I haven't researched him yet. Are you serious? So, so, so Brigham Young said that. Oh, what did he say? Brigham Young said that he looks like Adam or something like that. So he was like the closest thing to God. Some really weird, random thing like that. That's that's the uh, the Utah Sasquatch. It's got some really twisted, weird. You, you got to believe it. it. If you believe a dude can translate golden plates that were buried in the middle of nowhere and looked in a hat to get it. Like, well, that was his boss, Joseph. Well, I know. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If you can believe that, then you you got to believe that there's that's a... That's a Utah Sasquatch. Yeah, there's a Cro-Magnum man running around the forests in the Hyuenas. <laughs> and it just... Yeah, no. But but things like it that, yeah. Been a Where bear. on earth did that even come from? And how did it get perpetuated? And anyway... He was high. Somebody was high. <laughs> <laughs> he did smoke a lot of weed. He drank, too. Yeah. He did own the first whiskey distillery in Utah. Um, so I do have another question for you. Uh, you say your husband, you drag your husband along, or maybe he goes willing to some of your excursions. How do other members of your family react to this? Do your mo- does your mom <laughs> think you're crazy? What does do your kids think? <laughs> um, you know, I think my kids, like, it's kind of funny because I have a, um, my daughter's 16 and my son is going to be 14 next month. Oh, see, this is the so, perfect age to get what they think. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, when they were little or younger, you know, I think they like thought it was kind of exciting, maybe a little bit scary. And, um, and now that they're older, like, I think they're just like, Oh God, when is she going to like quit with that? But like, we can't you know, bring like, our friends over mom and they find right, your blog. See, I keep telling them, like, I'm giving you cool points. Like, you're a little bit cooler just because I'm your mom because, you know, they'll, like, I was on the news or my book came out. And so, like, I'll have to do things for that. And um, so it's kind of funny because the, like, my daughter especially, she'll she'll kind of act like it's no big deal. But then, you know, she'll post something on Facebook about it. And so I think they're used to me being a weirdo. Um, I've always been a weirdo even before I was like really into the whole paranormal thing. So that's no surprise to them. Um, my son is into it more than my daughter is. Uh, but you know, they don't really, um, they don't get to go to a whole lot of places with me. They have been to a few, but it's not like it's a full family event type thing. Gotcha. So I have one more question and I will be done with questions myself. The others may have a few more, but Everybody that I know that's involved with the paranormal had that one experience, that one personal experience that made all the difference and got them interested or at least opened their eyes. Would you mind sharing yours? Do you have a one experience? I do have one. It's kind of lame. Like it's not, it's not earth shattering, but um, I definitely have one. Um, It happened when I was pretty young. I think I was maybe seven or eight. And, uh, we lived in Phoenix in a, you know, normal house. Like it wasn't old or anything like that. And I was walking from the, um, living room into the kitchen and to get from the living room to the kitchen, you had to pass the end of the hallway. And so the hallway had two bedrooms on one side and a bathroom and a, my parents' bedroom on the right side. And it was a pretty long hallway and it was dark cause it was nighttime. Um, but as I walked by, I saw this little shadow, like, like the size of a little kid and it was black, like solid black. It wasn't like you could see through it or anything like that. Um, but it was in the shape of a, a kid and it ran from what was the, um, 
guest bedroom across the hallway into my parents' room. And at first I thought, you know, it must have been my shadow. But then I realized, like, it was a lot smaller than I was at the time. And it moved really fast. And I wasn't, you know, moving very fast. And so I said something to my mom, like, I, you know, I saw this, like, weird shadow thing run into your room. And my parents are not believers in the paranormal. Um, they humor me, I think, and that's about it. Um <clears throat> And so my mom was just like, oh, you know, I'm sure it was nothing. And the next day or a couple of days later, I overheard my mom uh, having a conversation with her friend on the phone. And I don't know if she knew that I was in the room or not, but she said, I'm thinking that she didn't know, but she said to her friend, you know, that I had seen this, this weird little shadow thing and, you know, that the people that lived in the house before my parents bought it had a child, a small child that died from um, SIDS or something like the child was really little. And so once I heard her say that, then I was like, oh, there's a ghost in the house, you know, and a year or two after that, Ghostbusters came out and then it was just like all over. And so literally <laughs> my whole life, like I've been obsessed with, you know, spooky stuff and I like the stories and like the sightings TV show is my all time favorite TV show. So, so you, your kids, do they not realize that you're like rewriting, like not rewriting, but documenting Utah history? You just came out with a, a book, right? A couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think they do. I don't think they, my daughter, you know, like teenage girls, they're, they're just so, yeah, they're so strange. So she's yeah. just off in her, her own world. And it's, I get the like cool story, bro. Like that's kind of what <laughs> I get from her. That's what we get from our We have, too. we have two daughter, teenage daughters. So, yeah. So, but I, I think she secretly likes it, but she's not going to like, she's never going to say it. No. And she's she not going to like, like 25 or something. Right. But my son, um, he's funny cause he, you know, is always telling me like, things I should do like oh you need to make YouTube videos and you know you need to do this and that and so he's he's more into it than she is I don't know if that'll change as he gets older but he's kind of weird like me so, so can I'm you, not expecting to. can you tell us a little bit about your book and what made you decide that this was going to be your first book that you wrote and released <laughs> um so my book is called Ghosts of Ogden Brigham City and Logan and it focuses on um, haunted places and a couple urban legends from the Clearfield area all the way up to Smithfield. Um, and, you know, it's kind of one of those things like I'd always, even before the paranormal stuff, I'd always wanted to write a book, but I never knew what I would want to write a book about because I don't consider myself to be um, an especially creative person. And so... I had been doing the blogging thing for a couple years and a friend of mine who writes similar books for the state of Nevada was like, you need to get, you need to write a book. Like you need to get this published. And I told her, I was like, well, I, I don't know how to do that. And she's like, here's my editor's email. Just contact him and let him know. And so I sent him an email and I said, you know, I've been blogging, like, this is my blog. I'd like to write a book. Um, let me know what you think. And he emailed me back and was like, you need to, um, 
send us a proposal of your idea and I'll take it to our board and we'll let you know. And so like, it was just kind of strange because I went from literally like one day not having any plans on writing a book to the next day I'm like putting together a, a proposal for this publishing company and I have no idea really what I'm doing. And anyway, so I sent it over to them and I think they met like a week later. So I had to wait and I had no idea what was going to happen. And he came back and was like, um, okay, like we're going to offer you a contract and these are the terms. And so I had, I think it was April when I got the contract and the manuscript was due the next January. And I was like, Oh no problem. It's going to be so easy. And Oh my God, like writing a blog <laughs> and coming up with like 30 to 40,000 words is just such a huge, a huge difference. And you know, like when you're writing a blog, I don't know for me, when I write the blog, I've always kind of written it for myself and never really cared about, you know, I don't know, feedback or, I mean, I do, but it's not like I worry about what people are going to think. Cause it's like, you like it or you don't like it and whatever. But when you're writing a book, it's like, it's just different. Cause you're putting yourself out there. And, um, you know, so I was really kind of like, just, it was nerve wracking. So I'm like, what if people just hate it and think it totally sucks? And I remember I told my husband, I'm like, if there's reviews, like, I don't want to read them. You can read them <laughs> and then filter them for me. And, uh, so anyways, it was a real learning experience. It was way harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, I'd like to do another one, but I'm not really in any hurry because I have other things that I'm working on and, and things like that. Uh, but I'm glad that I did it and I really like the book. I think it turned out well. It has, um, a couple places in Utah that aren't really talked about a whole lot. So I kind of, um, you know, I tried to put them all in the in a good light because they're all places that I really personally like and have had experiences there and, you know, things like that. So what's your what are your favorites? Um, one of my favorites from the book is the Shooting Star Saloon. And if you never have gone, it's in Huntsville. They have amazing burgers and it's a really, really cool building. It's the oldest, like continuously running saloon on the Western part of the United States or something like that. Like it's really old and it's, it's cool. So you should check it out sometime. How can people find your book? Um, uh, they can find it on my blog, the dead history. Um, they can also find it in Barnes and Noble. Um, in Ogden, it's at Costco. I don't know if it's in Costco's like down in Salt Lake, but it is in all of the Barnes and Nobles in Utah, and then you can like get it on Amazon, and it's in the Apple iBooks or whatever they call it. So, okay, we have one more question for you. We ask every guest that's on the show this question. So you've been in Utah for about mm, ten years, I think, right? Uh huh. Um, what's one thing that you would tell someone in, visiting the state of Utah that they had to do before they left? It can be anything. It could be go visit ghosts it could be <laughs> <laughs> have coffee at a certain place it could be go see a monument uh, um i would say obviously i'm biased but i would say they have to check out 25th street um because i just think that 25th street is like it by far i think it's the coolest place in ogden but i think it's such a unique part of like history and and especially of ogden but you don't like salt lake has its cool places that are similar but I don't think any place is quite 
like 25th Street. So that would be what I would tell people they have to do. I don't know if Salt Lake has anything as crazy Quite like that. as 25th Street was. I mean, it's been revitalized now, and it's not anything like it was even 20 years ago. But True. I meant like more for even even without like the the wild history part, just like visually with the train station at one end and the, you know, that big hotel at the other end. Like, it's just, it's like a cool, like old small town type street, but it's, I don't know. I love it. I think it's great. I really like 25th street. It's actually a really pretty area. Nice buildings and stuff. (laughs) And so many of them had brothels. Like, I don't think people realize Mm -hmm. how, you have to you go know. talk to Carrie. We've already arranged this, <laughs> but you have to go talk to her. <laughs> She's at Endless Indulgence Retrowear, and she has one of the only, I think there's only a couple other remaining true original buildings, and she is in one of them, and it was a brothel. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's it's awesome. I've been in there a couple times. I like... Um... I like the shoes that she has in there. (laughs) (laughs) I like all the things. But, yeah, you'll have to go talk to her, and she can take you into her basement. And it's pretty cool. (laughs) I've been in the basement. (laughs) Well, uh, it's been good talking with you, JJ. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate it. Where can people people find you at the Dead History? they can find me at thedeadhistory.com. Um, there's the Dead History on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at, at the Dead History, and Twitter's the same. So I'm kind of everywhere. <laughs> We're glad you're everywhere. And, che- and check out our blog, folks. It's it's actually pretty interesting. I was thumbing through it for quite a while there. So thanks again, Jennifer. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. You guys were a lot of fun. Thanks. And that's going to do it for the night. Thanks, Jennifer, for uh, joining us again. Uh, go check her stuff out on uh, thedeadhistory.com. Uh, it's a pretty cool little blog. Uh, check out her book. Yeah, keep keep her eye out for her book in, in Costco's and the Barnes and & Noble. And uh, Ghosts of Ogden, Brigham City, and Logan. Uh, Elville, as you call it. Elville. <laughs> I thought that was Layton. down, Elville. No, it's Logan. Oh. Yeah. Layton's just Hills, Hillstown. Hilltown. Hill or Forest Base Hilltown. Hillville. Hills have ice. Oh, there's a Hillville. Hilltown. Is there a Hillville? No. The hills it could have ice. Be. There probably is. There probably it's like, is. It's like in, in like central western Utah where all I'm the, thinking of uh, Hillsdale. Yeah. I was going to say where all the polygamists are, but that's, you're right, Hillsdale. I knew uh, it. Anyway, it just kind of, you know, every time we visit Cassie down in Cedar City. Uh, there's a or, Hillville, or, Virginia, and a Hillville, Tennessee. And the only ones with FLDS are here. Hillville, Utah. Uh, we, every time we go to St. George and Cedar City, we always see, we always see the FLDSs, and, and you can tell a fundamentalist LDS person, the polygamist, by the way. For those of you that don't know, FLDS is just a uh, quick term for polygamist. You can always tell them because they're always wearing the same style of dresses. That hasn't changed. That same style. colors too, usually. Yeah, same colors. Uh, the style of dress has not changed in hundreds of years. Um, <laughs> Same with the hairdo. Yeah, the sheets, well, the curtains. Well, because the higher it is, the closer you are to God. The, the thing is, the <laughs> That's sheets. That's true. The sheets, the curtains, and the dresses are all made out of the same material. They all look the same. It's true. So the husband doesn't get confused. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't have any idea. 
don't <laughs> have any. I hope you don't have an idea, actually. Uh, yeah. No, I don't have any idea how a man can live with more than one woman. You don't. You live with three. And it's fucking the most trying thing in my life. <laughs> Jeremy lives with four. And and two of my three are daughters, not wives. So yes. could you imagine if there were two more of you? No. I don't <laughs> share well. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I couldn't. I love you to death, but I don't have enough love for three of you. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough love for three of you. Oh, Oh, I see. So you need a couple boyfriends? Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> she said three of you. Three of you. Just yep. keep feeding him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't cook. She doesn't cook, Jeremy. Okay. Now, you make that sound like I don't cook because that's a choice that I no, make. No, Like, I don't cook because you don't let me. And when I do try and cook, <laughs> you just stand over me and go, why are you yeah. doing it like that? When, How come you're doing it like that? Can you do it like this? Don't you think you should do this? Should you do it like this? Should you do it like this? What about this? What about this? How about this? Did you clean this bowl? What did you do with this? She's 100% right. Um, I, just <laughs> you should, I think you should cut that clip and like cut it in somewhere else. <laughs> in no, fuck no. And for those of you that don't know, I actually just turned Bree's mic all the way down so I can say yes, I do that. Uh, and actually when, she, when she's cooking like dinner or something and she wants to cook, I'm like, all right. Uh, I'm going to go downstairs and play video games because <laughs> otherwise I can't control it. It's not it's not me trying to critique her. It's me wanting to do it and and saying I. what I want to do. It has nothing to do with critiquing her mm-hmm. and her methods at all. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. Yeah. Well, maybe you should play back that clip of what she just <laughs> said. No, I'm, I'm sure that's how she feels because I know what I say. It's not because I'm trying to critique her, though. Uh, it's because I want to be doing it because I, I really do her. enjoy cooking. I don't need to teach her. She knows how to cook. What am I supposed to teach her? Your ways. My, <laughs> <laughs> my, way, my ways are not his ways. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at TNU Podcast. Uh, go check out our blog, thenewutah.com. Jess does an amazing job of putting stuff up there. Um, when I remember. Yeah, I don't exactly know what she does, uh, but and and if you want to ask me something, don't do it on Twitter because I don't look at our Twitter at all. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't really look at our Facebook either. <laughs> uh, sometimes, sometimes, um, but Jess, get a hold of Jess on either of those mediums, and she will tell me, and she will say, "Hey, someone said you were a total you dick, are and the you're coolest wrong." Canadian bearded man. Yeah, she'll say, <laughs> she'll say, you know, Peter. Peter called, and you're right. There are no fucking trees in Ireland. So. I feel like that should be the name of this episode. There are no trees. In I think that Peter should also call and verify that shrubs and bushes are the Shrubbery. same thing. He's not a shrubberist. He's a horticulturist. Yeah, but he's the closest. He's not an arborist. He's the closest we've got. Obviously, not an arborist. There's no trees. You know, horticulturists have good <laughs> names. That's a good. That's a good word. Horticulture. He's almost a whore. I'm sorry. What? Jesus. <laughs> He's a cultured whore. I'll have you. You gotta know. fucking take it there. Is that like my fair lady? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, oh it is. God. Did you guys hear that about that shit down in Springville? Was it Springville or Pleasant Grove? Yes. <laughs> porn. Porn in showing, Oklahoma. Showing Oklahoma. Oh. <laughs> the, the, the TV broadcast of the play performance of Oklahoma that uh, Hugh Jackman was in. And uh, there's a scene where he's looking at... There's pinups. Essentially pinups on postcards. Yep. Eight whole seconds of full frontal nudity. Yep. 
which is not true. And they and sent mom out complained. Oh my God. I fucking hate people. Um, <laughs> I love Utah, but I hate half the people in it. So that's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the new Utah podcast. Good night. Good night.